Amazing is there's an intermingling of dollars in the U.S. government between military and civilian, and the same happens in China. But what we discovered is an investigative part of the U.S. government discovered that NIH money, money that's supposed to be going towards scientific research, goes to American universities, and then it is subcontracted to China. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Hey, June 28th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. I've got a lot to get into, so we're going to jump right into it today. But one thing I'm going to say is we had a great interview between Miriam, the B-Lady, and Courtney Turner and myself this morning, which will be going out on Courtney's uh, channel on Charles Lieber, Robert Langer, and the overlap there. And I thought it was a really great discussion. So keep your eyes out for that. I do believe that she tapers the way she releases them, so I don't think it's going to come out right away. But keep an eye out for that. It was a, it was a great discussion. But we're going to talk about a lot today. We're going to get into an interesting evolution of this discussion of the cleav- the Fuhrer and Cleavage site, the, the H- even an HIV overlap, the 85 discussion from a long time ago, a new, a new aerosolized version of an 85 COVID vaccine. It's pretty crazy when you think about it with what we already know. If you remember why that's important, you're probably rolling your eyes. And just, I mean, it's just amazing how we keep cycling through these same problems. But we're also going to get into some interesting conversations about Ukraine, about foreign policy, about the Patriot Front, which and by, I did want to let you guys all know, for those that aren't in our Discord community, I've been having a really hard time with my back over the last probably week or more, which is nothing's ever going to stop me entirely. I'll lay in my bed and record if I really have to, but it's been causing a lot of problems for me and I've been not able to get to shows when I've wanted to. So some of the reasons, some of the things in here might be a few days from before the Patriot Front conversation might have lost a little bit of its momentum, but it's still an important discussion to break down on why I think, you know, the question in the chat or the, the title about whether they've been exposed, that's already happened. This group is exactly what we've already discussed. The ties go right back to the Azov movement, directly back to the CIA. It's on paper. You can prove this stuff. But, you know, today, the new discussion is about whether that little incident shows us something, which it does. I think it's an important video. But realize it's already clear what this group is. It shouldn't even be up for debate. But let's get right into it. There's a lot to talk about today. I want to start off with a few important notes that, again, aren't the focal point of the show, but I felt were relevant to include for you because if I don't put it out there today or, you know, in the show, it gets falls back into a thousand other tabs and information and things that I've saved and probably never sees the light of day again. <laughs> I say that because these there's so many important things happening, you know, little in, little additions to stories that it just never get focused on. You know, usually people have... You know, teams and so on this is you know we have the t-lab team and everyone works on their individual things when it comes to the daily wrap-up it's just me this and other than you guys sending me stuff and people that might send me things to include i shouldn't make it sound like i'm the only one doing the the information sending because it's that's the whole community as i've said many times when it comes to me organizing researching the parts that you guys send me it's just me back here so so much gets lost and it makes me feel like i'm failing in certain spots but I can't, and no one of us can put it all on our shoulders. And that's why the community, the team, hack, the, uh, the team 
uh, both this pirate stream as well as all of you. We are all in this together in a way that I should. I, I hate even using that term today because of how it's used with Clintons and whatever else. But it, it does mean what it means. You know, we are all fighting this together. And I think that's important and why we can make headway. But this starts with a tweet from Colin Rugg in regard to the whistleblower from the, the IRS whistleblower about the Biden family. It's actually really shocking to me that this is even considered partisan because, I mean, at the very least, whether you disagree with this guy, he is what he says he is. He does have the background from, you know, he, he's an authority figure in the government and he's now stepped up and said, this is what happened. And it's very strange that people just choose to not it's like, it's like the Hunter Biden laptop. It's the exact same. Really, it's the overlapping story. It's amazing to me, though, that people in certain partisan sides and guess what? It happens on all of it. It's just this one's an obvious left version of that where they just kind of pretend like it's not real, even though we all know that it is. It's quite embarrassing. Here's what he had to say. This was any other person they likely would have already served their sentence. Gary Shapley was a lead IRS supervisory agent in Operation Sportsman, the investigation into Hunter Biden. Shapley said he uncovered conduct that warranted more serious charges. There were personal expenses that were taken as business expenses. Prostitutes, sex club memberships, hotel rooms for purported drug dealers. How much did Hunter Biden owe in taxes? So from 2014 to 2019, it was $2.2 million. The back taxes were paid off. And last week, the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney in Delaware, David Weiss, reached an agreement with Hunter Biden. The president's son would admit to a firearm charge and plead guilty for his failure to pay taxes. If a judge signs off, the deal means no jail time. Testimony Think we have that. just released details a lack of U.S. attorney independence. And Shapley told lawmakers that U.S. attorney Weiss was blocked from bringing stronger charges. But U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland said last week that Weiss was not. I'm saying he was given complete authority to make all decisions on his own. I documented exactly what happened, and it doesn't seem to match what the attorney general or the U.S. attorney are saying today. Now, there, people will take their sides politically, right? Whatever they want to side with. But is anybody confused or questioning that they could be lying? I mean, are we really going to sit here and go, oh, if he couldn't be lying? They lie as a matter of policy, maybe for national security, maybe because there's a bigger agenda, or because they just don't want you knowing the truth. It happens on a daily basis. So it's, more, it's highly likely, sort of like the EPA, which we'll get into in a minute, acting like they weren't involved with the uncontrolled burn. That's really what they're trying to hardly put hard push hard right now. But in this case, you know, I mean, it's, it's on CBS. So part of me thinks, well, maybe this is just to kind of release Valve, hide the bigger story, which is clearly part of this, by dumping this on a couple of prostitution charges, gun charges. That is nothing in regard to what really is exposed in this conversation, right? But it's interesting because I'm not even necessarily talking about the corporate media per se. It's just the, the large pundits. Because we have to realize, as we all see, the, the way that media is being done, presented, used is very different right now than it was very recently. So right now, you know, media today is not even what you, the dying corporate media, the mainstream legacy media, they failed a long time ago. They know that people, they, there's only a certain generation that even really watches them anymore. We catch clips like this and everywhere else. And so the point is the leaders of that in what I would argue are still just the new version of the corporate media are acting like this isn't even really there. That's really crazy to me. Shapley provided lawmakers this contemporaneous email he wrote after an October meeting last year. Shapley says Weiss told him the opposite, that Weiss is not the deciding person 
on whether charges are filed. It was just shocking to me. Shapley, who is still working for the IRS, told us that even before President Biden took office, he was directed to avoid leads involving Hunter's father. There were certain investigative steps that we weren't allowed to take that could have led us to President Biden. And you wanted to take them? We needed to take them. And you weren't allowed to take them? That's correct. Now, he said could have, obviously, but I mean, we've already seen, I think I just saw something today, somebody was, uh, I forget I forget who it was, pointing out that they've already shifted their story, right? Moments ago, it was that he, Biden never spoke about this and never talked to Hunter about this, uh, the, the, you know, the threatening call to the, the uh, head of state. But now they just said, well, Bi- Biden has never done business with Hunter. I mean, it's just, it's just so transparently embarrassing. They don't care. And it's all sides of the government, guys. And it's just sad that we all see it. And now we're all quickly coming aware that we don't have any power to stop it. Not at all, right? That doesn't mean we can't. But the way that this structure is built, where the vast majority of this country still somehow thinks, well, I don't hope that's not the truth anymore, but they want you to think the vast majority of this country still somehow thinks that the only way you can affect change is by checking a box on a piece of paper that ends up in the trash can. Well, I think I think we know why we're not having an effect on all this. It is important to point out that at that point in Shapley's investigation, Donald Trump was still president and his attorney general, William Barr, had rules in place that may have limited what Shapley could pursue. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware had no comment. As for Hunter Biden, his attorneys did not respond to us, but he said before in a statement that he is taking responsibility for mistakes he made during a period of turmoil in his life. Yeah, that's nice. Like, and then you get the view pleading with us that it's just about a father and a son. (laughs) These people are are literally dying, scared animals in a corner. That's what this seems. I mean, we should all be laughing at how ridiculous it is the way that they present themselves and then laugh even harder about how... 30 seconds ago, people were all seeing that as completely legitimate. It's kind of like we talked about before. Once you see through it, once you pull out and look back, it's ridiculous. It's like watching the Sesame Street. You're going like, oh, my God, did I ever think that was real? I mean, that's people are starting to become aware of this stuff. But this story is going to develop. It just, it's what I highly doubt anyone's going to be accountable. And don't miss the part at the end that Trump potentially could be one of the people involved with not making sure that they weren't ever really held accountable. Of course, his followers won't want to think that. Well, here's another interesting development. Most of these are completely separate to start. This is from Insider Paper. New DOJ rules Jeffrey Epstein's death a suicide with no outside involvement. Wow. June 27th, 2023. Only took him a few years to get that done, right? Wow. I mean, it's just so sad. Now, this is obviously timed, in my opinion, to stick this into the conversation. So we even take seconds away from other things by doing this right now. Or people dive through it entirely and waste an entire show or weeks of investigation. It's so sad that we even have to talk about this. Report revealed that Epstein used excess prison linens to hang himself in his cell despite not having been authorized to possess such items. Gee, how did that happen? How did he get all the things he might have needed to kill himself in a place that was literally on suicide watch where the cameras weren't working that needed to be there? The people that were watching just happened to fall asleep at exactly the... I mean, really? Should I even continue? I mean, this is like a comic. This is out of a comic strip. It's embarrassing that they even thought we would take this at face value. Quote, we investigated ourselves and we found ourselves not guilty. Nothing to see here. Hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself. It's really pathetic. But this shows you the dying structure, the power structure that it is. Another interesting thing, completely unrelated, that I just wanted to include, just showing you how people all on the inside, not left or right or, you know, all of it, people that are on the, the elitists are always manipulating. And this is something I pointed out so often in the past, that Wall Street 
the stock market, it's one big Ponzi scheme. And it's not, that's literally by definition of what a Ponzi scheme is. That is what this has become. It wasn't always this way, or at least as far as I know. You used to be able to buy a share in something and you actually had a share in the company. Some things like that still exist, but look, you will, if you go buy Apple right now, you don't have shares in that company. You have, you have, I mean, technically you have shares, but you don't have, it's, it's not like there's only hundred shares and you bought one of them. The point is that you buy shares in that and they gain value. If more people buy in, they lose if people sell it. Very, that's super simplified. But the bottom line is that's a Ponzi scheme. That is you buy in and the more people you bring in, the more money you make. That's how that works. It used to be based on if the company succeeded and you had shares in the stock. That's not how this works. And here, Wall Street Apes points this out, where they essentially admit this. Now, people will have their reasons for why this isn't exactly what this is, what he's saying, and how this is just a different. The bottom line is it's very clear what he's saying, that they will divvy out stocks based on what you want to buy, even if there's technically not that many stocks available. It's exactly what it sounds like. What we call size improvement, and we've been very upfront and very transparent about providing that level of data. So what that means is, in the 8,000 names, to the extent there's not liquidity on a, on a lit exchange, fundamentally the wholesalers are providing infinite liquidity at the NBBO or the inside price. So if we get an order for 1,000 shares in Reg NMS stock that no one's ever heard of, yeah. and there's 200 shares on NASDAQ in New York, we fill out 1,000 shares at that inside price. That's meaningful liquidity. 55% yeah. of the orders that we received Bob, we provide size improvement in a complete, you know, as he calls it, an auction environment. Who's going to provide that? Yeah, of course. But, you know, when, when people that aren't on the inside start using the same game, like we saw with GameStop and others, they have to pause the whole thing because you can't do that. Only they can do that. The point is, Ricky says, so there's a chance that someone is holding a naked short position that is actually non-existent. That's why stocks feel like gambling. It is. The big boys are gaming all of us. That's an incredible finding. I agree. It's just one small insight into the illusion that we all live in. Here's another point that I thought was hilarious. Sovereign makes this point. I think Ben Swan tweeted the same thing. Meta just appointed Aaron Berman, you know, a 20-year CIA agent. Nothing to see here. To oversee election policies on Facebook and Instagram. Why does Facebook and Instagram even have an election policy? Because if it's free speech, you say, well, say, you can lie and say, but that's the point. It's, they don't. They want things to be a certain way. The flow of information has to be very specific when that's called not free speech. <laughs> very simple. But of course, no big deal. Meta, well, we know what this is. I mean, we know what Facebook and Meta release really tie, tie back to. Again, just quick points to start, but I want you guys to understand how clearly ridiculous all this is on the note of East Palestine, which just continues to bother me so much how obvious this is. Andrew Welton points something out. Contaminated stormwater is being stored in East Palestine, right? So they've got this contaminated water, these drums out in the middle, out in the open. And you can see with apparent sheen right on top of them, guys, it's this clearly this is contaminated. It is anyway. That's what the narrative is. It's contaminated water. You can just see very clearly that it is contaminated. One million gallon tanks. Now, the, U, the EPA claims the presence of hazardous materials. It says images collected on June 23rd. It's possible that the wastewater going into the tanks does not contain any, any uh, you know, dangerous chemicals, but the apparent sheen and lack of publicly available tests results indicate otherwise. Certainly cheaper just not to install a cover and just let the rain fall on top of it. So when you later come back and try to test it to tell your people, hey, we, we tested the water and there's nothing wrong here. We already see that they're lying. It's on the surface of the conversation. Literally everybody other than the people who are lying to you are telling you they're lying. All these independent experts are continually testing as of this week. And they're still sick. They still have high levels of chemicals. And the EPA says, you're wrong. And that ends the conversation, apparently. 
Mr. Tsai has been an effective eyes and ears for the disaster response and recovery. His Facebook group Off the Rails is where he helps others understand what he's seeing and hearing. This type of self-documentation of agency actions is critical during disaster response. He says, it, is it okay if a company, for example, discharges hazmat, hazmat wastewater to a lined lagoon and lets it uh, volatilize, vol, volatilize into the air? Seems like both the state and federal laws would apply. Ohio can't waive federal law, but they don't care, guys. It is it, in the solid and hazardous management course I teach. Uh, there's one other point in there. The bottom line for me was, so this is wastewater. First of all, just sitting out in the open in tanks, but with nothing covering them. Doesn't that cause a problem? Aren't we talking about super serious? Like, like it just blows my mind how obviously incompetent and it's almost like intentionally corrupt this is. And now that they're supposed to test it, apparently, but now it's got lots of rainwater involved, and I guess it doesn't matter. Well, status quo has been really sticking to this story, which I think is good, except here's what they have to say about this. In recording obtained by SC, EPA officials admits there's no evidence to support Norfolk Southern's decision to detonate five toxic... Oh, okay, so the EPA is throwing Norfolk Southern under the bus, and you're just happily towing that line? Did you guys even look into whether or not... I know you have. I don't understand this kind of reporting. My, and I said, this is basically giving the EPA a pass. We can prove, as you guys know, as they know, I know they know this, three different ways that they were, at the very least, involved with the decision. We know they were there. So bottom line, whether they were involved, they say they were involved or not, you're the lead federal government agency, and you were literally on the ground. It's your fault no matter what happens. That's called being a leader. They don't understand that today. Why would this be ignored? Why would you give the EPA a pass? I almost fell out of my chair. The EPA was involved. The EPA was on the ground. Both Biden, the EPA, local, federal, and the local government of DeWine, they all said that they were involved with the decision when this first started. Now, apparently, they're all throwing each other on the bus, and I don't even know why this would just choose to take one narrative. and I don't know. It blows my mind. The bottom line is we're all being lied to, and people are being hurt. So we, they all need to be accountable, especially the EPA. One last point that I think is really interesting that everyone seems to have caught on, online today. Malaria cases in Florida and Texas are our first U.S. spread in 20 years, the CDC warns. Yesterday, malaria cases, Florida and Texas. Well, what else has happened in Florida and Texas? Oh, that's right. We've seen a lot of this conversation. Here's the actual article. We've talked about this a lot. EPA OK's plan to release 2.4 million more genetically modified mosquitoes. This is the Florida Keys. That's more. So it's already happened. Oxitec is the group we're really discussing. And this is the just so you can see the Bill and Melinda Gates funding for this, which is this is the point people are making. This is a report from Derek. Eco genocide and the genetically engineered mosquito army. Or excuse me. This one was Whitney Webb from June 25th, 2020, talking about Oxitec and what they were doing, Florida. But the point, and here, here's the one from Derek. This goes back to 2017. Just to show you this isn't unique to Bill Gates and only during COVID. Bill Gates has always seemingly had a role in all of this, but this goes back to the 2017. Genetically engineered mosquitoes to be released in 20 different states. So factor that into the easily uh, compiled narrative that this is Gates released and that's why it's happening, which I'm right there with you. I think that's absolutely a likely consideration, but we need to realize this has been going on a long time. So if we're going to play this game, we need to realize that all of the things popping up could be related to this, which I really mean that. In any case, a billion lab-grown mosquitoes are being released and people are freaking out. You can see just the point is that they are clearly making it. The specific point was in Florida and Texas. Now, this is what's so crazy. And this is, this is 2021. We saw this continue. 
We saw this go into, this has been a discussion right up until not that long ago. So it's pretty crazy to just go, oh, malaria, for the first time in 20 years in the two states you've been focusing on. I mean, the point I'm making is that if you're not willing to at least ask if there's an association, then you're being willfully ignorant. Because just because the people involved are like, that's not possible. Well, you know what? They've said a lot of things are not possible that quite literally are proven to be possible or later become very evidently possible. So it's frustrating that people choose to ignore things like this. But on that note, let's talk about Ukraine to talk about a couple of different things, more specifically Ukraine in general. But I wanted to make a couple of notes about Prigozhin and how this all went down. Because it's been a very interesting discussion. We've talked about this a lot. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's an important conversation to understand what we think. I mean, really, it's a lot of theorizing, right? What actually went ha- happened? Was it a coup? Was there more involved? Did Putin know ahead of time? Was this an effort to suss out U.S. agents? That is beginning to see a lot become a lot more likely, seem to become a lot more likely based on what we're seeing now. First of all, this is what the last thing I saw from two days ago was Prigozhin claiming, hey, this was just a protest. I wasn't really, a, I wasn't rebelling, but that doesn't even align with what both he and Putin said while it was happening, which seems to suggest even more to me that this was a, a show. Here's why I think more, more so anyway. This, oh wait, this one was, oh, okay, that was the other part. This one's interesting. Now, again, this is from Times of Moscow, and this is just, every one of these should be taken with a grain of salt. We don't really know. But this says, sources of the Ministry of Defense report the arrest of General Sorovakin. Now, again, this might not have happened. I've seen specifically Moscow Times has been, you know, there's been a lot of times where these things don't seem to pan out. But what I find interesting is that we know he's on the record anyway. The narrative is that they've given him a pass. They went up to Belarus. And as Steve and, and Wyatt pointed out the other day, you know, oh, OK, we'll retreat back to Belarus, which puts us strategically far closer to Kiev. So it might not be by accident. But the point is that this guy, if he was arrested, seems to suggest that he was the one they sussed out. That's just my opinion. Because Prigozhin and, and Putin are acting like, yeah, we're going forward, we're back on track, everything's fine. You know, the, they're all going to get you know, passes, they're no one's going to get held accountable, except we arrest this guy, if that's what happened. I think that says a lot, because this would suggest that this guy might have thought he was being the one playing everybody. Maybe he was the one the U.S. government got to. And they, made, they pushed this agenda, thinking they had it all locked in. Prigozhin went along with it, and then they stopped it right where, you know, they stopped it in his tracks. Something to consider. I think that's very interesting. Now, in no way am I saying I know this or siding with anybody. It's just about trying to suss out the truth of it. But the bottom line, the way that the U.S. government and the media were already laying out the narrative before it it already stopped, it shows you that there was somebody in there that thought it was going to go a certain way at the very least, which is what we see with all these stories. And then, of course, we get this kind of coverage. Right. So we dance in the middle for like half a second where they're suddenly freedom fighters. You know, those dangerous mercenary Nazis that are the real problem are suddenly the freedom fighters when they turn on the bad guy. You guys are children. All of you out there that just suddenly turn. You you know, I support Ukraine. I support this. I support whatever they tell me to tomorrow. Suddenly they're good guys. Right. Suddenly Osama bin Laden. He's a freedom warrior of peace. Oh, no. Now he's a bad guy again. Or Saddam Hussein. He's our ally against Iran. Oh, now he's a big bad guy. It's amazing how we can just be dragged along because of the narrative. The U.S. government has a history of working with the big bad guys first when they're allies. Then suddenly they become big bad guys when they're no longer useful. How do we not notice that? Well, here the New York Times comes out and says, failed Ukraine or Ukraine failed to exploit the Wagner coup. Yeah, you mean the momentary thing that almost didn't even happen? So what this seems to me is they're now criticizing the 
This is from U.S. media criticizing Zelensky in the military going, why didn't you take advantage of what we set up for you? That's how it feels to me. But that's what they're saying. Ukraine didn't do this. They didn't take action. They didn't step up. And well, it just seems like almost as if they should were like, you knew it was like uh, the suggestion is to me that it seems that he should have acted because they were aware that there was some time to act. But it seemed like as this was going down, the average person were kind of trying to figure it out. So it seems like a strange thing to do for them to immediately step into action when they wouldn't have known what was really going on, except that's the point. They did know what was going on. Clearly, they were pushing the idea of civil war. So I think it's very telling how this plays out. Now, bringing this over into the Patriot Front conversation, because I see this as very interconnected. I've talked about this qu- quite a bit. I'll do, show you these first, actually. We've covered this a lot. <clears throat> Here's one that I covered. The Patriot Front, January 6th, and the Vanilla ISIS PSYOP. This one was entitled The Azov Patriot Front Agenda. It's very clear. Now, what I was saying before, this group, which, by the way, this tweet has been deleted and the account has been censored by YouTube or excuse me, by Twitter. That's very telling, isn't it? Musk always Musk kind of seems to be acting like he's kind of adjacent to all of this. Is it, apparently it's Yakarino now. Well, the account's been suspended. Isn't that interesting? Right after he posts this video, which I'll show you right here, which has gone all over the place, showing the Patriot Front not only get exposed by the people they're pretending to be along with, you know, the ones that everyone in the media wants you to think are a bunch of Nazis, they kick out these people because they act this way, literally saying you're disgusting ideology, then they get unmasked. And you can see how they just melt down. I find it very telling that Twitter takes goes out of its way to remove this entire account. You guys can decide for yourself. Maybe it was something else. But the point is that this video, I think, overlaps because I do believe the Patriot Front. Well, I mean, I, let's put it this way. I don't believe I know I have proven this on the record that the Patriot Front has connections directly to the Azov movement. We, we, we talked about Vanguard, the Autumn Waffen Division. All of these things are interconnected in some ways, not meaning everybody there is aware of that. But at the le- top level, they're directly connected. And we've proven to you that the Azov movement directly connects back to things like the Rise Above movement. Or groups like the Vanguard America, which again has changed. Vanguard America has become the Patriot Front. That group has direct ties back to the Azov movement, which has literally provable ties to CIA funding. I've gone over this extensively. Since I say it, which I always, always like, should I include that before I start? Then I'm like, no, okay, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) It's like I always pull these up mid-show. But it's it's important to get these as well. This one was called uh, Not Just Azov, Documents Prove. The CIA has been cultivating fascism in Ukraine since 1948. And I also did another dive on this recently under the Wagner Group, which you can see on the, on the website, that goes even deeper. When I literally go through the documents and show you how they're outlining the funding of Nazi war criminals, of creating propaganda platforms called Prologue, and seeding their fake information in order to turn people inside Russia, in order to create the very young, radicalized, fascist elements that they could turn. That's literally in their own documentation. It ties right to today. That's what this is, guys. So here we get an example of this. We've already shown you a bunch of them. As I wrote, this video is important. The, quote, Patriot Front shows up at a freedom rally around the type of people that the entire corporate media, even some on the right, are trying to convince you are secret Nazis while funding Nazis in Ukraine, because that's ridiculous. And the real patriots quickly remove and unmask them. So let's first take a look at the video. Because it's interesting. The way that this went down is very important. Fuck out of here, Get the fuck out of here! 
Oh, and I apologize for those having children watching. There is cussing in this. Just let you know ahead of time. Take a second if you want to remove them or earmuffs. Here we go. Oh, and I've said one more thing, actually. I'll let it play out. But so this base, what you're seeing here is that they come up to this group who's there. They're, they're you know, MAGA, right wing, whatever you want to call it. They're out there, Republicans protesting against, you know, for, for freedom. They walk up. And they're and they start spewing their ideology. That's they're like they have their documents. And they're trying to like and, and they get pissed off because they're the, in my opinion, these people aren't stupid. They know what's happening here because they're watching probably people like us or other more right wing people making the same point that you're being set up. They're trying to set whether it's feds or just people that are on the left or people that just actually think you're on their side. All those are possible. All those have happened. And they go up and they go, hey, we're on the same side. And these people push them out, which I love. Get the fuck out! Get the fuck out! Get the fuck out! Get the fuck out! Get the Go! Now, what kind of people in that position don't typically fight back? Now, one thing, I'm sorry, I wasn't going to pause it, but one thing I did note that I didn't see before, the first guy that threw a punch was also in one of those baklavas or whatever we're going to call it, the face mask things. So, I mean, I was, I'm kind of jumping the point here, but one person was arguing, and it's certainly something we should not dismiss, that this might be fed on fed. This might be just a complete, you know, state Antifa versus this, like we saw before, right? That's something to consider. And I'm going to get in some of the cons- uh, theories, images people have found that I haven't been able to prove, but that one of them is one of the guys that's literally on the side of the, of the Proud Boys. I think that's the group that's there, right? And so the point is that it's, it seems like there might be more overlap. Either way you look at it, I think this kind of has been exposed. It's exposed some things. I don't think everybody involved here, my personal opinion, is aware, if that is the case, that it's a manipulation. So that's why masks get pulled down. I argue that wouldn't happen. It's like they're just standing there taking hits. Like, why would that ever happen? You'd either run away or you fight back. That guy right there with the mask off. People have pictures of him that, that apparently seem to show him with Proud Boy stuff on. At a different location. And see, this kid freaks out. <laughs> That's not normal, man. Take the mask off. T-Mask! 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 Okay, guys, let's go back. 
Right. So Colin, racist, you're a Nazi. Like, so this is just ignored by anybody who wants to pretend that they're just by default because they're white Republicans, that they're racist, white supremacist Nazis. That's just how the logic works today. Okay, now remember, this video was removed. The account has been suspended. And I wrote down here, if anyone knows who they are, recognize their faces. And here, I'll show you this tweet in a minute that somebody has posted, which does seem to look like them, but I can't confirm it. Again, here's the suspended account. Let me just look at this real quick. I can show you the actual page itself. Oh, that was the same link. I wanted to get to the actual page. Doesn't show it in here. Dang it. Which one was it? Oh, here we go. There's the account for you guys. OMG like really. Oh, wait. Let me do this. So I don't lose what I had first. So you guys can have the actual tweet. There we go. All right. Oh, it was right there. Shoot. All right. So here's the actual tweet on the archive. It was a day of effing around. It was a day of finding out. Saying the uh, Jonathan, which one is this? Jonathan the lefty. Photobomb Nazis will not be allowed to mix into crowds and skew optics with their Hitler salutes and Southern Bloc. It was not a request. Trying to push your way in doesn't work. Let's see what this is. Okay, so it looks like they're trying to argue that this was somebody involved, Johnny the Lefty. Research and report on extremism and so on. Now, Benny Johnson was the first person I saw post this. It says, this is the best video on the internet right now. Pro-American Patriot Rally ongoing. Feds show it now. Okay, this is why I just I just wish people wouldn't, like, I agree that there's something that's likely a Fed, but we don't know that for sure. This could be a Fed-run operation. Those could have all been lackeys that don't even know they're there. My point is, let's, we just got to be better, guys. I mean, I do it sometimes too, right? But we just have to do our best and not be subjective or assume into what we already think is happening because that's how we lose. But some, they show up dressed as Patriot front members. He says, this is a win-win. Let's say these are, are just dumb racist punks, not welcome. They have no place in our movement. Now they're exposed. Good. If they are feds, this is a taxpayer-funded PSYOP meant to defame and entrap innocent Americans. Now they're exposed. Good. Now, it's interesting to think about, which this will make sense for the next tweet, or the next one we look at, that these are the two options here. I don't know why that's not highlighting for me. These are the two options here. <laughs> Whatever. Let's say these really are just dumb racist punks, not welcome no place in our movement. So on one side, they're saying, look, we know this is not what we are, despite what you're trying to make us out to be. And we just made that clear by not letting you in. But of course, that won't be acknowledged because it'll just be like, well, they're different. The rest are the same. They're going to assume, just like both sides do, what they want to see the other side as. But if they are feds, that's really important, isn't it? Because that means that they are trying to frame these people. Or they would argue trying to find out who suss out the real Nazis because we have insights that they might be planning something, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's how the FBI works. They frame people for things and claim they got them. That's pretty much always what seems to happen. But he says, if more people had been suspicious about these random police-protected mask jackasses, there would have no not been January 6th. Believe that, which I actually agree with. I think there's a lot going on. It's clearly a psyop. But, of course, this is where it gets really interesting. Adam uh, Kinzinger, he tweeted this out. He says, these people, all blue checks, are celebrating a seemingly MAGA assault on federal officers. Now, I don't know what, that, what this really is, but take a gander at the comments of our patriots who love America. That's a really, really stupid thing to say, no matter what your stance is. I said, wow, so they're Nazis when you want them to be. 
because of the Patriot Front. Then they are anti-American criminals for fighting feds because the Patriot Front. <laughs> I don't think you thought that one through there, Zinger. I think, he, I mean, I really don't think he re- thought that through. And of course, here's somebody saying, those are Chinese-owned FBI agents, not American, which I actually think is somebody who really thinks that, which certainly could be. But now it's become police stations over here to now everything, anywhere we don't like is suddenly, you know, it's the same thing on the right. You know, that book they say, everyone I don't like is a Nazi. Well, they can make the same book for the right. Everyone I don't like is Chinese. It's the same thing, guys. We're all being played by the two-party paradigm. But back to what he said here. Okay. First of all, all blue checks, which (laughs) just, it's so stupid how this has completely inverted itself. Like, it's just so dumb. It had meaning when it was something that was used as like a tiered system where it was doled out by people in charge because of people that thought they deserved it or not, had nothing to do with whether they were a legitimate business. Well, now that it's just kind of doled out to people that pay it, it's stupid to start the same reason I don't use it anymore because it's not the same thing anymore. You can have one follower and get a blue check. So it's really stupid. It's, they try to use it as a way to say it's people that are somehow taken by the Elon. Well, I, I point out Elon's fraud on Twitter every damn day, Adam. But of course, that's what they do today. Both politicians, media, and the two-party paradigm actively, broadly assume in clumsy, subjective ways when it suits their narrative and act like it's intelligence. If you do it, you're a conspiracy theorist. But they says they're celebrating a seemingly MAGA assault on federal officers. So he does, he does say seemingly. Well, okay, so you're simply going, well, they think that these are federal officers and they're celebrating what happened. Well, if if that's true, then you're then that would mean that they went there in an illegal fashion to frame people as Nazis. And you're somehow acting like it's not okay that they would get beat up. Like, sure, they're a federal officer, if that's what you're saying. But even then, that admits to a degree that you're saying that they might be federal officers, which we get called crazy for even insinuating. But think about this. This is not some federal officer trying to arrest a jaywalker. This is somebody who is actively trying to frame somebody for a very serious terrorist-level crime. It's, it's, again, I don't think he thought this through. But you can read through this for yourself and realize what they're saying is these people are simply not what they pretend to be. Now, some of them think they're agents. And again, wouldn't that mean that they're breaking the law? Yeah, but see, they don't care about that. In any case, I think we have an interesting discussion here that shows, oh, here, Glenn, Glenn points this out. Credit where it's due. Yesterday, Adam uh, Kinzinger broke a major story. Masked people claiming to be with the crypto-fascist Patriot Front were attacked and unmasked in Boston by Proud Boy pr- protesters. He reported that the Patriot Front Nazis were federal officers. Now, it's not really what he said, but I love that they, they're, you know, using it like this because the guy is a ridiculous manipulator. Uh, kings are all politicians, in my mind. But this person makes a great point as well. You should expel Nazis from your movements. He said it's a classic, no, not like that meme situation. Right? I agree with that. You should not let them in your groups. And then when they do it, you get accused for whatever else you want to complain about. Oh, you didn't move them the right way. It's just ridiculous. It means it's just about criticizing people because they want to criticize them. And again, asking the question of whether this entire thing might have been a complete construct, like act fed, federal agents at least leading both sides, we always have to think about that. That is how this game is played. You push to the top and you lead it into the ground. Everything we've seen in the history of this country of side movements, the green movement, anything, operation or occupy Wall Street, every single one of them you can look back and prove FBI agents manipulated it from the top and led it into the ground. That's a criminal act, really. That's not for freedom or democracy or national security. It's because they're afraid of you. Let that sink in. 
Now, this person responds, being that assaulting federal agents is a crime and no one got arrested, then they're clearly not feds. <laughs> That's some pretty silly logic. They're going to rip their mask off and be like, gotcha, <laughs> you're arrested. Well, that would be dumb because then we could all know that they lied and that they're all trying to frame everybody. Clearly, this is kind of you know useful idiot logic to be like, well, it works for what I want to think. But it says, we don't know if anyone in that group was arrested. That's also a fair point. See, subjectivity winning the day. Clearly, if arrests were made on the spot, the whole SIAP, would, the building, it would be ruined. They could be a mix of feds and informants, and maybe informants primarily were assaulted, right? I mean, people just love to assume what they want. Couldn't be, because what I would expect didn't happen. <clears throat> Lastly, excuse me, on this last part, we have this the discussion of who these people might have been. This person's uh, Instagram was saying, well, after graduation, he plans to work for the government. So if that is him, says quite a lot. You can see the this was the one that apparently is pictured with Proud Boy information or hats and wearing and so on. This is two unmasked members of the Patriot Front. These are either federal agents masquerading as racist or leftist masquerading as far right. I mean, that's really kind of the most likely scenarios here. Now, this guy seems to have been kind of outed as that. Exactly. People are saying that this guy. It says, oh, that was that point was. Uh, which one was the part? I, I kind of just threw this in here quickly because, again, I can't confirm this. But what they're discussing is that you can find examples of this person is a left leaning individual. And this is about framing the right. Now, you could even argue that they think they're going to suss out the real Nazis. And it's not about framing anybody. Either way. This is the world we live in, guys, where there is a lot of counter movements and counterintelligence and psychological operations and just straight up lies happening everywhere. That doesn't have to be uncomfortable, right? We just have to simply stand back and realize that we have to question everything while considering all possibilities. That's the way life always should have been. Here, oh, here he is right here. Now, again, I don't know if that's even the same guy. That doesn't look like the same guy to me, quite frankly. So a lot of this tends to happen online. You shouldn't just blindly follow what people are posting. But I do think that there's something here. And I do think, see, this, this was the one that really stood out to me. So now we've got the account that posted the video removed. The guy who they think this is suddenly suspended. I mean, that seems like some kind of a government level manipulation. Just my personal opinion. But on that note, again, my main point is we don't need all of this to understand what this group is, guys. Watch these shows if you want to understand more. Project Aerodynamic goes all the way back to the beginning of building things like this, not just in Ukraine, but you can prove that these groups, Vanguard America, have direct ties to the beginnings of the Azov movement, which is funded by the CIA for the very same reasons. And then a thousand other examples we make in this discussion about how they were handled, how they were treated, the way that the cops don't do certain things. It's obvious there's something going on here. Question everything. But let's talk about Ukraine in general. Ben Swan points this out. So this is what they're, this whole thing is about making the, creating the illusion that we're overrun by Nazis. Now, are there Nazis? Sure. Yes. But I'd be more specific. I'd say, oh, they're racists because actual Nazis are what we see in Ukraine. And I mean that early on, I was hesitant for that because it means something very different than neo-Nazi. But we have proven people like Michael Olibed and Operation Air Project Aerodynamic. They, it was an actual Nazi war criminal that began, that ran prologue in New York and Ukraine, was put in that position by the U.S. government. It's not up for debate. And that grew the Organization for Ukrainian Nationalists, which was run by Bandera, and they now support and cheer him on and act like we don't understand what they're doing. It's obvious. So the point is that these are actual Nazi organizations, then also neo-Nazis, fascists, and radicals, all the different things we could call them. But in this case, do we have those things in the United States? I'm, probably. I don't know. 
I don't see any verifiable examples of actual Nazi. Or, I see a lot of people that are white supremacists in some cases, but that's everywhere around the world. Is it unique to the United States? Hardly. So my point is, do you think it's being overblown? Do you think it's an actual problem? I guess my question for you. Or do you think it's being used against us for another larger agenda? Well, this representative points this out. Punishable by three years in prison in Germany, but this is Georgia. Okay, so you've got, what, eight people on the street? A couple of them holding Nazi flags? I mean, it just seems like a... So that somehow is indicative of a Nazi problem in this country? That's crazy. As you guys quite literally continue to fund people who actually wear Nazi badges in Ukraine, who then have the means and resources because of you to act in that regard. But this is what you're concerned about. High schoolers on the street holding Nazi flags, if that's even what this was really about. But of course, Ben makes the most the, the point that this looks like Ukraine to me. It's weird how that is completely misunderstood when it's right over there, but completely exactly what you want to assume it is when it's happening in front of you that you can use. Well, here's what Kim.com points out. This is not a joke, by the way. This is just one of many montages that you can find of people in Ukraine right now who actively continue to not only support open Nazi ideology, but continue to do the salute, wear the badges. Now, that's, I don't think that's literally everybody, but it's been proven many times over that this has been grown by outside forces and allowed to proliferate because of what they, just like the moderate rebels in Syria, they are Funding the crazies as uh, I'll find the link actually and I'll show it to you next. But let's watch this video. Oh, I was going to just show it right here actually. So what's crazy to me is that people can act like that doesn't mean exactly what you think it means, right? Here, I'll include this. I'll just play this clip really quickly. We play, this is the full video that you should watch. Well, nine minutes of it. They have it broken up. But this is from The Nation. And I I want to remember his name, actually. I always forget his name. Michael Hudson, who you should check out. He's got a lot of great work. This is just what he said about this in the past. And this is, again, it's easy to prove this. Brzezinski was the strategist for Jimmy Carter and convinced Jimmy Carter to say, look, uh, the Russians are dominating uh, Afghanistan with a civilian secular government. Let's create al-Qaeda. Let's uh, back Osama bin Laden and give his supporters weapons to begin fighting the Russians. And uh, we can pull a coup d'etat there. And uh, the Russians will fight back. And then we'll say the Russians invaded. And it worked. Saudi Arabia made a deal with America that they would push the Wahhabi uh, extremists, uh, the Al-Qaeda, the most right-wing wing of Islamic parties, and it worked. Uh, essentially, Al-Qaeda is a contract army uh, for the United States. Well, the same thing was happening in, in Russia. What Brzezinski wrote was that America's faced with a possibility of not being able to rule the world unilaterally. Any country's economic ability to be self-sufficient means uh, potential military power. 
And in order to prevent any country from threatening America militarily, you have to prevent it from developing economically. Uh, the American nightmare, Brzezinski wrote, was that Russia would get together with Germany and with Western Europe, creating Russian raw materials, German industry, and somehow, finally, Russia would become westernized. Uh, America, uh, under Brzezinski's uh, strategy, said this would be a disaster because if Russia is westernized, if it becomes democratic, if... if uh, uh, Europe and Russia are prosperous, then we cannot control them anymore, and they will have no reason to be NATO. We've got to stop Russia, and the place to stop this Russian-European uh, conglomeration is to split it right at the border uh, down Ukraine. Let's do in Ukraine what uh, we did in Afghanistan. Let's uh, back the crazies. Well, most of them are uh, the, the former uh, neo-Nazi groups that have been uh, uh, so prominent that fly the Nazi flag. Very important. We should watch that entire clip. And so there's a lot of important information. Well, here is Jeffrey, and here's the link for you guys if you want to watch it. Jeffrey M. Young points out that not all Ukrainians are Nazis, but the Nazis are in charge of the Ukrainian government in Kiev. And I've proven this as well. How did they get to put in charge? Well, the U.S. State Department, CIA and Pentagon, plus Victoria Newland, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden put them in charge. Two-party illusion, guys. Wake up as this person points out as well. And they picked, uh, this is just a person that was at one point on the other side who's now speaking out, saying that they are a Nazi regime. You could watch it for yourself. It's in, it's in Ukrainian. Now here, Wyatt Reed points something really important out. Now this is the kind of stuff that's really kind of beginning to show you the, the dissolving of the narrative and the point to where now they try to get ahead of it to a degree, whether it's release valve or trying to save face. This is actually Showtime and Vice News that's, that are sharing this which is people on the Ukrainian side admitting what we've always been telling you. Listen for yourself. The support that you need there. I forgot this in Ukrainian. For those on the podcast, he says, our equipment shoots heavy artillery only five times while their shoots 500. Speaking Ukrainian. I don't know what the government plans are, but it looks like extermination of its own population. That's it. So this guy literally admitted to Showtime advice, which somehow they let they put out that he, in his opinion, this Ukrainian fighter is saying the objection, the objective of the Ukrainian government is to annihilate people in this country. I guess that just blows right over the top of all these people that want to argue it's all about Putin, right? It's crazy to me. But this shows me something is shifting. And of course, he shows the throwback to last August when Lindsey Graham promised that they would keep fighting to the very last person. I like the structural path we're on here. As long as we help Ukraine with the weapons they need and the economic support, they will fight to the last person. Hmm. Oh, thanks, Lindsey Graham. Is that what they want? It's just mind-blowing, the, the, the hubris. The guy's a sociopath. Openly, you know, someone's got to take that guy out talking about Putin like that. Think about the craziness of that statement. You know what they would do if, if Trump or, or or Biden was which whoever is in charge at the moment, if they said we, we take that guy out. Well, they would take that as a threat of war. Sprinter points out, well, Australia, on top of everyone else, has now announced a new one hundred and ten million dollar, well, about seventy four million in U.S. aid package for Ukraine. Seventy military vehicles, 14 special purpose vehicles, 28 medium tanks. Trucks, excuse me, 105 uh, art- 
what is that? Millimeter artillery ammunition, ammunition, 10 million humanitarian aid. Right. I highly doubt that's going to go towards anything other than the same stuff we've already seen. You know, Zelensky's own humanitarian aid, whatever, you know what that is. Anthony, uh, bottom line is this is just dumping over the top. This is a failed effort, which everybody continues to see who's being honest. And they just keep dumping money and arms. And that's why this is this is just a not even just a proxy war anymore. They're standing on the rubble and remains of people they were using and just dumping in new things. Sprinter also points out the Pentagon has not yet seen the unauthorized use of weapons provided to Ukraine, says the Deputy Secretary of Defense for Ukraine. <laughs> Fantastic. Great. So the U.S. Deputy Secretary of Defense for Ukraine is speaking up and saying, we haven't seen our proxy do anything wrong. Russia continues to spread disinformation about this. Oh, is that what's happening? Well, here's an example of what the Ukrainian government has continued to do in, in the Don, Donetsk area. You know, a completely civilian populated area that they continue to bomb directly into the local area. Which, Wyatt Reed, everybody on the ground that we've discussed has all proven this to you. I have a Bartlett, Lancaster. This is a civilian area. I mean, for what more do we need than people like Eva Bartlett and Wyatt Reed to be in their hotel as the hotel gets bombed and nobody in the corporate media reports on that? You don't care that American citizens were attacked in a hotel that's in the middle of a populated civilian area? Because these people are liars. They don't care about this stuff. The, the media, I mean, the corporate media. You can prove that it happened. It's all over local media. You can see the stuff on the ground. You can see the fact that it was bombed. They're best, they might say Russia did it and they're lying, but you can prove that's not the case. Logistically, you can prove it. And that's why they just pretend it didn't happen. How do you stand back and think this is honest when you can see that they're willfully ignoring something that we can prove actually happened? At the very least, as I said, they would be like, oh, it was Russia. But no, they just ignore it entirely. That shows you how willfully dishonest these people are. We haven't seen anything. Nothing to see here. Don't, don't mind all the dead bodies in the civilian areas. The tr Russian disinformation. Uh, and my, meanwhile, in the, the democracy that is the Ukrainian-controlled military Nazi organization, Zelensky rules out holding elections until the conflict is over. Oh, you mean the conflict that they told you was going to go on for 20 years because they're never going to stop? Because, yep. So, no elections then. Which, of course, they would say, how, da how dare you suggest they could elect people during a war? Well, guess what? They've already criticized Iran and Syria and everybody else who have made similar arguments. So yet again, showing how ridiculously hypocritical the only honest people in the world are. Obviously, I'm being facetious. It's how they frame themselves, though, right? We're the only ones who care about freedom as they actively break it everywhere they go. And then in case you want to just understand where we really were today and what really, you know, what war is actually taking place. Here's Biden. It's hard to tell, but he's clearly losing the war in Iraq. He's losing the war at home. And he has uh, become a bit of a fly around the world. Uh, it's not just NATO, it's not just the European Union, it's Japan, it's, it's uh, you know, it's 49. Clearly losing the war in Iraq. He's oh, he's losing the war in Iraq. I didn't even know Putin was involved in Iraq. Well, you guys have all probably seen this. It just speaks to how ridiculous these people are. Now, you could argue it's because he's senile, which is probably true. Or you could argue it's because, you know, when you engage in so many illegal wars, you kind of just lose track. <laughs> How's That's how that works. My God. We need to be real to with ourselves about what our government is, and it's not one side of the paradigm. 
All of us need to wake up and stop listening to these ridiculous pundits that are only in this for their own benefit, who are screaming about China's the only one or Russia's the only one or whatever the narratives are today, and see that your entire government is actively lying to you and using those clowns out there as the leading journalists and pundits of today every single day. Now, here's another interesting point to make. You might have seen this. This is something people are pointing out as something horrible. All right. So before I even get into what this is, you can see they're, they're walking down the street with they have flags and they're wearing their their uh, what do you call them now? I'm forgetting the women wear the robes and you hear this guy chanting something in, 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 in Arab or is it would it be. What's the actual what would be the language I'm forgetting? I'm thinking, anyway, in any case, you know, again, just the point is that he's screaming something that people immediately see as terrorist. Danger. Now, is that what's happening? Welcome to Sweden. People are writing all over the internet. Same thing people write. Okay, well, is, is there a crime happening? Are they not welcome in Sweden? Well, of course, the whole point is that this is somehow a problem. That they're taking over and that we keep seeing this narrative. Now, there are a lot of people you could point out are breaking the law. But guess what, guys? This has been going on for a long time. And it's not something new. You can clearly point this out. I talked to Robert about this. Now here's somebody else saying, first read this one, the translation. Afghanistan? No, Great Britain. Stockholm in a few years? <clears throat> no. The point is that everyone's acting like this is somehow a problem. But to understand what this really is, you need to understand what this really is. It's a march. And no, it's not even a protest, as I understand it. The main point, as I was explained, is this is essentially every year Shia Muslims get together to do this walk. It happens every year. They mourn the death of Imam Hussein, who was a prophet, Muhammad's grandson. And it's as he, as he told me, it's not really a protest. It's supposed to kind of replicate a funeral procession. The flags just simply say Hussein. Of course, but if you read the comments, it's like, what's with the ISIS flags? It just shows you how willfully ignorant, rather, uh, how people have been programmed to see things a certain way. I shouldn't say it's willful when people are being lied to by their government about what it is, being propagandized over years to think all Muslims are terrorists, that's where we are today. And one thing I want people to ask themselves when you're seeing stuff like this, from the right especially, can we not see that the, the same game is played everywhere we look, right? In every single topic we're getting into, that, that it's the same way they play this game. Right. So right now you're you as a Republican, you're being framed as a white supremacist Nazi and everything you do, no matter what you say or do that, you're just being labeled with that a MAGA hat. You're obviously a terrorist or whatever. Domestic terrorist now. Right. Guess what? You're on the same side. Same thing they've done to Muslims that aren't terrorists. that are just average people that have a different perspective on life and a different religion. They've turned it into hate and fear of every Muslim because, well, they're the bad guy terrorists. You need to realize that if you think that way. No matter what they are doing, that they just are dangerous because you've been propagandized. And now they're doing the same thing to you. They're acting like you are a white supremacist Nazi, no matter what, just because you exist and have a certain idea. We need to recognize this, guys, and see that people are people all over the world. And to frame this as somehow bad. Now, look, if, going back to this point, actually. If you think in this mindset that this is a problem because the government of Sweden has allowed this to happen to such a degree that it's causing a, bear, a serious problem with all sorts of societal things, that's a fair point to make. In no way am I trying to ignore that there's obvious agendas being played out by 
things like the open uh, what, open society and you know George Soros conversations. There's there's a lot of conversation to be had about how they're trying to remove this concept of borders, and but to hold the people accountable for that is a problem. Sort of like shuttling around people that are immigrants in this country as if it's a game. I just I'm so sick and tired of people being treated as something they're not because of disgusting politicians. So I just wanted to make that point for foreign policy, right? That these people are just doing something they do every year. It's not violent. And these flags are not ISIS flags, despite what people in the chat would say. It's just blind hatred. And it happens on both sides. We're going to get into that in regard to the uh, trans discussion in a minute about, or actually, no, I put that off. Actually, we're going to discuss that more tomorrow. But the same point is happening there, right? Where moments ago it was, you know, that you like with the, the cake maker, you, well, you, ha- you, have, you have to serve them. Now, all of a sudden, you got trans groups and other people saying, we're not going to serve this area. We're not going to biz- put business in this area because they don't allow certain things or the trans laws we don't agree with. Well, now you're a hypocrite. Suddenly, you're okay to do it because you disagree with what they think, but the other way around doesn't matter. And they still would stand by it. You know why? Because they still believe they're morally correct. Apparently, their moral perspective trumps everything today. That's what's actually happening. One other point to make in here. This is even from Haaretz. Undercover Israeli reporter. Dressed as a priest, walks through Jerusalem, he gets repeatedly spit at, including by an eight-year-old child and a soldier from the IDF. But li- don't, li- don't listen to this. Trust what Biden tells you, that they're all in this, you guys are all fighting for the same things and they respect Christians. And the point is not about every Jewish person or every Israeli, but you can see from the Israeli government's perspective, they have drilled this into people. There is a lot of hatred and bigotry and racism that exists down because of the Zionist Israeli government. And you'll have plenty of Orthodox Jewish organizations that will tell you all day long that they do not represent Judaism, that they're using this for an agenda. And people are starting to become aware of this, guys. It's not racist to point this out. There's plenty of Orthodox Jew- Jewish groups in both Israel and the United States that actively get, well, more specifically in Israel, they get beat up by the IDF for pointing this out. How do you explain that? The point is, this is very clear for those out there that think that, you know, that's even specifically that the Zionist regime cares about your Christianity. It's time to wake up. In most cases, they actively tell you the opposite. If you just care to listen. Now, I'm going to have Vanessa Beely on tomorrow to talk about this. But we recently saw some action in Syria, which I haven't gotten into. But of course, this person comes out and says, unfortunately, innocent civilians were once again killed in Syria by Russia in the background of military chaos. This guy's literally claiming that jets drop bombs on a vegetable market. And this image of just a dirt field with a couple of tomato things scattered is apparently a vegetable market. I mean, this is how stupid they think we are. I just, it made me laugh out loud. And she said, are you seriously tweeting a photo of overturned tomatoes? She knows he's wrong, by the way. Like, just check out the reporting. We'll get into it more tomorrow. Completely lying. A photo of an overturned tomatoes to spin as a Russian attack on a market? Meanwhile, terrorists that he's covering for are targeting civilian sites across Hama, Latikia, South Idlib. Here is Kevork Almasian, who I need to connect with again, by the way. He does excellent work. There are tens of thousands of multinational terrorists in Idlib, which, by the way, we've done a lot of work on. The, the group, they've at moments ago... Before the Syrian agenda a while back, actually, argued Idlib was the largest organization of terrorists since 9-11 and then proceeded to protect it and acting like we can't put that together. The U.S. says Idlib is the largest safe haven in the world since 9-11 and the strongest force among them is the Turkestan Islamic Party. 
If you listen to mainstream journalists and some Western politicians, the Syrian and Russian Air Force leave these al-Qaeda terrorists alone and bomb vegetable markets, hospitals, and cat sanctuaries. Or if you care to look at the facts, you can see that that's not at all what's happening. She said, I mean, there's 60,000 terrorists, including al-Qaeda, and she meant to say uh, in, in Idlib, but Russia misses them and hits tomatoes. It's just, it's pretty sad. Now, on that note, you can hear Sprinter points out, shows a video of the destruction of headquarters of terrorists and ammunition depots in Idlib. The Syrian Defense Ministry said in a statement that as a result of a joint attack by the army of this country and the Russian forces stationed in Syria, the headquarters and warehouses with weapons and ammunition of terrorist groups were destroyed. I wouldn't be surprised if there were French and U.S. soldiers there or whoever else or the UK, because that's what's been happening. I don't see any tomatoes in this video, right? I mean, it just but anyway, we'll get to it more tomorrow. The point is that it's, there is an overlap even with what's going on in Russia, Russia, and I mean Russia, as well as Ukraine, but also in Syria. And Vanessa Bill is going to get into that more tomorrow, so make sure you tune in. Well, let's talk about the COVID-19 vaccine and the concerns for why just the amazing situation that we have where this is still actually happening that we are still watching this play out. I mean, I guess it's no more ridiculous as still realizing they're openly funding Nazis in Ukraine, as we all seem to know that, but just simply going, you're wrong. Or while East Palestine is literally dying in its place and they just go, you're wrong. You're No, you're wrong. That's not true. Facts be damned, right? That's just where we are right now. It's absolutely mind-blowing. Well, Aaron Siri comes out with a couple of important points. Now, the next few things I could have included in the beginning, and, you know, those points, basically, they're the opening points that are just shocking inclusion. But I want to include this with COVID-19, but same kind of points. The Hotez conversation, the lies, Fauci, well, he, Aaron, Aaron Siri followed up. Virtually all childhood vaccines on the CDC schedule, what RFK pointed out, including Rotatech, were not licensed by FDA based on a placebo-controlled clinical trial. Guess what? We're going to get to the same thing with the 85 injection we're going to finish with. But you can prove this. RFK is correct. New York Times, Stat News, Peter Otis, Tags them all are all dead wrong. Now, Paul Offit follows up and says the purpose of placebos, which are immunologically inert, is to determine the effect of the vaccine. All vaccine trials meet that standard. I guess he didn't even read what he wrote, I guess. I don't know. I'm confused by that. Point is that they didn't use, they either use a vaccine or don't even do it. And then he follows up with this, is what he says to him in response, right here. He says, Dr. Offit, your revised definition of placebo as an immunological inert would focus on testing efficacy, not safety, which is precisely the substantive concern raised by RFK, right? This is the same game we keep talking about. Just because you've worked on something for 20 years does not circumvent the safety trials. That's what they keep pretending. Ah, 20 years of work. Well, you do a safety trial regardless of any of that. Same thing, that's actually literally the same thing we're going to get into in a moment with this new injection, this new aerosolized injection. He says, and others, when explained that childhood vaccines are virtually never licensed based on trials that include a control group receiving an inert substance. We talked about the one early on in this conversation with COVID that was a meningitis vaccine. People seem to push back on that, but this is a real conversation. In addition, I mean, I've proven that on the show, by the way, in the beginning of all this. In addition, it is categorically false to claim that all vaccine trials included an immunologically inert control. This is because most childhood vaccine trials used other vaccines as a control, which by definition are active. 
the use of vaccines as controls is highly concerning because the control vaccines were virtually never licensed based on a placebo controlled trial, meaning inert per CDC FDA. By the way, it also increases the side effects you see with even the control, which makes the side effects with the actual injection look far less. Right. Because if you can say, well, they both had 200 side effects, meaning nothing happened. It's just inert. That's not true. If you use salt water versus an injection, well, those 200 side effects versus zero suddenly look a lot more serious, don't they? Hence, the safety of the subject or control vaccine was virtually never properly assessed in any clinical trial. For example, Prevnar 13 was licensed based on a trial comparing it to Prevnar 7. That's that's what we're going to get into today. Same kind of thing. And Prevnar was licensed based on a trial comparing it to another experimental vaccine. That's criminal. Serious adverse events reported following vaccination in infants and toddlers occurred in 8.2 among Prevnar 13 and 7.2 among 7. Meaning, equally safe by FDR standards. That's what I just said. That's what they're doing. How do you? Th- how is that even remotely honest? But equally unsafe by any other standards. As another example, in Gardasil's trial, 2.3% of Gardasil, gr- Gardasil group and 2.3% of the control group, which received an injection of a proprietary adjuvant, which can cause immune issues. That's what I'm going to talk about today in one of these parts. So you, you give them an, an inactivated COVID vaccine. Okay. Acting like that's an inert substance, it's not. It still has all the other parts of it. Inactive meaning no, not the spike protein, but you still have the lipid net. You still, you still have all the other components of this, which we've already shown you, do in fact have serious problems. It says again, meaning equally safe by FD standards, but equally unsafe. Because I trust you agree that the safety of products injected repeatedly into babies is very important. Without an inert comparator, harm can be obfuscated. While you label it absurd to define a placebo as having no effect on living beings, <clears throat> excuse me, that is verbatim the CDC's definition of placebo in its vaccine glossary. So this is a guy who's literally pushing back on him, acting like what he said was absurd when it's the exact definition of the CDC. This is how completely clumsy and broken all this is. What is absurd is to define a placebo as a vaccine or an adjuvant. It's not absurd. It's criminal. It is a way to game the system. Now, I don't know how you see that, but wanting to hurt people. I mean, what the hell else are we talking about? Profit, I guess. But my God, as this is a critically important issue, I gladly welcome, he says, a respectful in-person discussion where we each present our evidence, which will never happen, guys, regarding clinical trials for childhood vaccines to best understand each other's position for the common goal of protecting children. Would you agree to have that discussion? Here's my point. Even if Offit isn't knowingly deceiving, which I don't believe, there's people that would never allow that to happen. They'll never allow Hotez or Fauci or any of them to debate people like Dr. McCullough. They won't because they'll be exposed because it's not hard. If you care to look at the information, you would have already seen that they're lying. It's just as simple as that. They're caught. But the narrative keeps this corpse going. We're, we're, we're living through weekend at Bernie's <laughs> with the COVID narrative. That's what's happening. As this is, uh, he basically finishes um, pointing out what he said down here. But let's finish with this one where he t- chimes in and says, well, you were both right to call out Peter Hotez. Look at the side here. The only one out of all of these, Gardasil, where it has an asterisk 42, which he doesn't include that. But the point is, even that, I argue, is not exactly what you would argue is a placebo. But even all of these other injections, they don't even have a placebo control at all, let alone something else. It's just, it's just mind-blowing. Now, you check. Aaron Siri is somebody who you guys should be listening to. He's the, one, he's the pe- person that pretty much spearheaded the exposure of the 75-year FDA nonsense. 
and they were forced to release information, which they're now being exposed by. <clears throat> well, on another point that I think we need to include that's just absolutely shockingly ridiculous is Kevin Bass, PhD, points out, well, here's, a, here's evidence of the CDC acknowledging significant harms by CO2 buildup by wearing N95s and lesser masks. Oops. Isn't that a conspiracy theory? Weren't we all shouted down by all the Karens out there in the beginning that you don't know masks were worn all day long. You guys are conspiracy theorists. Well, yeah, they are sometimes to a certain degree in special circumstances and they still have side effects. But it's amazing that they got all these very, the actual common sense was pushed back so hard that the common sense became whatever the narrative was. Well, it's right here in their own documentation. This is the CDC. This is from 2020. When healthcare workers are wear- working longer hours without a break while continuously wearing N95s, blood CO2 levels may increase past the one hour mark. So if you were past one hour, you're going to have a you're going to have an increased blood level of CO2. That's that is the uh, hypercapnia, which could have a significant physiological effect on your body. Some of the known physiological effects of increased concentrations include headache. Increased pressure. Now, think of these are people that are doing things, flying planes, driving cars, operating machinery. Increased pressure inside the skull. Nervous system changes. Altered judgment. Decreased situational awareness. Difficulty coordinating. See, they don't want you to see this today. This is not being pointed out. All of these things, number three, is very important. They're literally telling you that by wearing this mask longer than an hour, you could affect your judgment, your awareness, your coordination, your abilities, your motor activities, decrease your visual acuity, widespread. I mean, that's exactly what we've been saying from the beginning, as well as direct effects on the heart and blood vessels. That's what I've been saying from the beginning. All of this comes together. So the injections are clearly causing heart problems, but this adds to that. It presses the boundaries, guys. Increased breathing frequency. Remember that video of the girl screaming in school board meeting about how masks needed to be used and she was basically passing out while she was screaming how masks need to be used because she was wearing a mask? Increased work of breathing, cardiovascular effects on top of the same point. Reduced tolerance to lighter workloads. It said, and this gets even more important. It says the effects experienced with FFRs, which are the, they're just saying that as a N95, may also occur when wearing elastomeric half-mask respirators, which, by the way, guys, is the one they're telling everyone to wear now, right? Which are reusable types of respirators with a silicone face piece and a replaceable filter. That is the ones that all the, all the big-time believers of the narrative that still exist out there wearing those white ones with the cone front, that's what they're doing. They, they're, they know they're right still. The point is, that's even worse. The physiological burden of the wearer is more likely to cause anxiety when wearing this kind of respirator when compared to the N95. Guess what? So now you're having anxiety, breathing problems, your your brain, you're, you are affecting your ability to think clearly. Doesn't that line up, guys? Doesn't that make sense with the kind of people we see acting erratic when they're wearing these things all day, every day, because they're also terrified? Resulted in the wearer breathing less oxygen, more CO2, which can cause elevated CO2 levels in the blood. I just think it's just, it's just sad. It's almost like depressing that it's right. It, so explain for me why the CDC would quite literally yell the opposite. You know why? Because they're not honest. Here we have another example of what actually happened with a lot of the stuff they were using, pushing, selling. A massive dump of unused PPE. You know, all the people screaming to climate change and green and all this stuff were the very ones pushing all of this. And now they just dumped it all. No one cares about that, though. Even though that was the 
biggest environmental catastrophe we've seen, maybe outside of East Palestine and other things in a long time, probably even more when you really break it down. World around, masks and gloves and all the microplastics and chemicals that aren't tested because there's no standard for any of these that aren't antifives, right? Below that, they're just a bunch of things they throw together. Anybody can make them. That's still the case, by the way. But yet they told you you had to wear it, even though they haven't even confirmed that it does what they think it does. Think of how stupid that is. A massive dump of used PPE was recently discovered in Hampshire. While the source of the equipment is unknown, what we do know is the latest of a string of suspicious PPE contracts. That's because it's all suspicious because it was all a bunch of money grabbing. Well, here's another example of just that. Breaking more than $200 billion in COVID aid, you know, that they swore up and down every time would only go to who needed it. And the first time they got caught, they said, no, not again, though. We'll make sure it happened again. Distributed, dispersed by the Small Business Administration, may have been stolen by frosters, according to the federal watchdog. Almost 20% of the $1 trillion went to people, probably big business, probably government insiders. Oops, fraudsters are bad. Yeah, just like we said would happen, right? We promised would happen, and they said, not again, and it happened again. This is my point, in my opinion, what it was supposed to happen. It's probably all of it, quite frankly. But here we are, same old thing. Every day, oh, oh, give me more money and we'll make it better next time so they can give more money away. Well, guess what? <laughs> this is not a joke. This is not Babylon B. This is the tele- or the Times, excuse me. I have lockdown nostalgia and I'm not alone. I highly doubt that. This is, so, this is some next level gaslighting. I recently made a plan to meet my best friend for a drink in two months' time. It was the first date we could go both do, not because of our diaries are so full, but because we were trying to keep them empty. So you're allowed to go outside, and you're the one screaming, trust the science, and the science is telling you that it's okay, but you're going, I'm just going to stay anywhere. I'm going to keep wearing a mask anyway, because you guys don't understand. Ah, so it was always trust the narrative and not the science. I got it. I started limiting nights out. for It's not worth reading. The point is, These people are quite literally going, we should just lock down all the time. Climate change and blah, blah, blah. Well, new emails show that the mandates in general were based on a lie. (gasps) Collective gasp that we don't need because we've all known this from the beginning, it seems. Well, these documents, you already know because you watch this show. Hans points out, Hans, turns out it was a big fat lie. Walensky was privately discussing breakthrough infections right at the start of the vaccine rollout in January 2021. Right. And we remember this, don't we? Where she had said on the record. Which one? I'll play this one first. Oh, no. This, actually, this one's the best one. So this is the one where she's literally telling you that 2021, the narrative was true. Actually, let me just do this. This is important, guys. So here, in, you know this, though, because you've watched this show and plenty of others that have made this point over and over. Or from 2020, we already knew it wouldn't stop transmission because we knew that because we've read the documents. We read the Forbes article that made it clear. It's amazing that this is somehow a break. 2021, it's breaking news. It just shows you that even people fighting for the truth are still being gaslit. They don't even realize it. But this is Walensky saying that it changed. Remember, I keep pointing this out. They go, no, it changed. It worked at the beginning, but everything changed. Well, again, this is just a very simple way to prove that she knows that she's lying. Here's what she said. The vaccine did not stop spread or infection. I'm not saying it was completely bad, but it did not stop the spread or infection. I think, actually, if I could actually um, just... 
correct that point, and that is initially it did. For the Wuhan strain and for the Alpha strain, all of the early data and the literature published in the New England Journal demonstrated that for those who worked, if you didn't get infected, that you were not transmitting it to other people, and it had very high efficacy early on, up to 96%. Liar. Here is her own email that says... I had a call with Francis Collins this morning, and one of the issues we discussed was that the va- of vaccine breakthroughs. When was this? January 30th, 2021. So she is blatantly lying that they knew that that wasn't the case when she said that, right? This discussion, what she's even saying was post that. It was middle 2021. Even then, their argument weirdly at some other times has been that Omicron changed everything, but then now she makes it out to be Delta. It's just, it's completely broken. So here's the next one, and this is Dr. Fauci, excuse me, Anthony Fauci, <laughs> claims that COVID vaccinations turns the person's vaccine into a den for the virus. He, and, and, and what Kevin points out, I agree with. He was claiming something that he could not possibly know based on the ex- evidence that did not exist. Or rather that I would argue he was well aware that he was lying because the evidence was there in regard to the trials and the information that they, I would argue because it wasn't about a trial, it was something that was, I think, made this way personally absolutely the case and that's the reason why we say when you get vaccinated you not only protect your own health that of the family but also you contribute to the community health by preventing the spread of the virus throughout the community in other words you- i don't know what is up with the volume of this clip but in any case it's the same point that we've made it's the same point right they're caught they're lying they know and they did it anyway now why would they do that and understand it's not just about going well maybe it'll help on top of the fact they knew it wouldn't do what they promised it would, they also knew that it was dangerous. They also knew that it would hurt people, that it wouldn't work at all. This is two days ago. Do I need a booster vaccine if I recently had COVID? Well, first of all, there's numerous peer-reviewed studies that make it clear that if you already have natural immunity, one, you don't need this. On top of that, which, by the way, nobody needs this, but on top of that, that it's, there's plenty of studies that have shown that if you get the injection after having an in, in, about with the actual thing, which probably wasn't even there. The study says, though, if you do, that it's more dangerous, that you can cause things like antibody-dependent enhance. But guess what they find? Yes, you should. You should have it now because you're in danger. That's what they're actually going to say. But guess what? The, tr- the science says the exact opposite. Two new studies, 2023. Oh, shoot. Son of a gun. I know where it is. 2023. It says, but twice in fact, on multiple variable analysis, multivariable analysis, not being up to date with the injections was associated with a lower risk of COVID. It's very clear. The more injections you have, the higher the risk of COVID. That's just completely backwards. And since XBB, adults not up to date by the CDC definition have a lower risk of COVID than those up to date on the vaccination. That's not unique to XBB. That's just the way they frame this. It's clearly always been the case. Here's, an, here's a good time to bring this one back up. Remember this one? Israel Vance, the one that originally shared this. That's why I always remember to grab it from here. This is the study itself. You could see all the way back in Omicron, even Delta, by the way. Well, it's more specifically Omicron, but the point was that you see a 76% negative efficacy after three months. By, by day one, you're already at 
relative, which is not absolute. It's dramatically lower than what it says. So it's more like 0.0 something, but 55 relative. By 30 days, 16% relative reduction. You, it's, it's failing. Your immune system is failing, not the injection. The point is that we knew this. The more you take, the, high, the more that continues to be a problem. And this new one says the same thing. June 2023. The risk of COVID is, is COVID-19 also increased with time since the recent injection and with the number of vaccine doses previously received. It's as plain as day. Trusting the science, which you should never do, you should trust the method. If you were, though, it would be clear at this point these things are dangerous and shouldn't be taken. Here is Chris Martinson pointing out that despite all that we know, Johns Hopkins, University of Michigan, I believe, and Tulane still right now have vaccine mandates. How is that even possible? Everything we see at the very least makes it clear that mandates are never acceptable. And even if you think this is necessary, that there's no reason for it. If it doesn't stop transmission, you can still spread and catch it. And you have a more likelihood to spread and catch it if you take it. Why in the world would you have a mandate? Politics. Still happening, which just absolutely floors me. Well, Sal the Agorist also points out something that I just want to, it's good to have an example of this. Two things I want to make on this point. He says he recently became an uncle. Congratulations, Sal. Here's the vaccine schedule his sister was given. We know this, by the way. We've already gone over this, but just look how crazy this is. Zero to two weeks. You're already seeing discussions of injections, one month, hep B, two. I mean, just, it's just absolutely crazy. But the other point, by the way, I just, it's so disgusting that these things are even happening when, a, when the child this young. And we also, by the way, know that they haven't been tested properly. We don't have all the information to show that they're even safe. But for me, the point so, that I find most interesting, guess what's not on there? No COVID injection, thank God. But doesn't that not make sense with what they've been pushing this entire time? Isn't that a quiet admission that this was never the right choice? Yes. I find that very telling. Dr. Asim Asim Holtra points out, as one former Secretary of State for Health said to him a few years ago, Asim, the Department of Health are too close to the pharmaceutical industry. It's amazing how they all just secretly know this behind the scenes. Only now are we speaking about it. An industry whose business model is fraud. An industry that fulfills criteria as an entity of being psychopathic. Do the math. This is Dr. Asima Holter, one of the leading cardiologists in the world. Of course, the Department of Health and Social Care, you know, using their new pride image, which makes no sense at all, says, if you haven't had the first or second dose, please come forward. Book now. It's, I just, I don't even understand. Unless you realize that these people are locked in no matter what. Why would you keep getting them if they're only making you more sick based on the current level of peer-reviewed science? This is peer-reviewed an Oxford academic. The more shots you get, the increased risk. And on top of that, we know that the shots themselves have more of a negative side effect than anything else, right? Net harm, according to the British Medical Journal. Very clearly, the, 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 if you, ta- you take enough of the, or the bottom line is on a large scale that you have more serious adverse events compared to what you might perceive as the benefit. That is quite literally the risks outweigh the benefit. No matter how you spin this, this is the bivalent they're talking about. Staggering. But you guys know all this? Here's the craziest part. Even though we've proven this and it's falling apart in front of us, as Free Palestine points out, and here we go again. Five times more effective than the injection that in reality was completely ineffective. Great point. (laughs) What's five times zero? Zero. It's a great way to put that. 
Eric Topol points out, an inhaled COVID vaccine booster. Now we're just kind of going with booster now, even though it's a completely different vaccine in general, but it's still a booster. <laughs> okay. Was more than five-fold effective for inducing neutralizing antibodies. Well, you know the argument. Are they the right antibodies? Does it, is, is there a correlative of protection? When, you, when you're producing those, what does it mean? Well, we don't know. As long as we show some kind of reaction and pretend it's higher than before, it's a success. I mean, that may sound crazy to you, but that is quite literally what's happening. And durable at one year than shots versus Omicron, BA5? Okay, well, there's a lot of points to make here. Let's get into this. This is terrifying to me for a lot of reasons. An aerosolized injection? Well, again, don't forget what Dr. Bakhti told you in the beginning. He knew. He knew. They did too. There is no injection that goes in your arm that's going to stop a respiratory virus. They know that. It's amazing how we can have such basic realities and still we fight against these things. So now they go, oh, well, here's a, in an, a, a, a nasal injection, an inhalable one. That's what this is. And guess what? It's also just as problematic and dangerous for other reasons than you might think on top of all the same ones that are already there. Safety, immunogenicity, and protection of hetero, hetero uh, how do you say that again? Let's look this up. Let's see. That's weird. Heterologous. Heterologous. It's a weird sounding word. Heterologous. Boost, heterologous boost with an aerosolized AD5 and COV after two dose inactivated COVID vaccines. Now, here's what's so interesting to me about this. There's two different times they talk about inactivated COVID vaccines. So explain this to me. If what they're talking about in that title is getting an 85 booster after getting COVID injections. But why, why is it called inactivated? Are they talking about not live virus? Or am I misunderstanding that? Either way, the point is the same, but I think it's interesting. Or Because I think you can clearly prove in the study that we're not talking about giving them two placebo inactivated injections and then the aerosol wouldn't even make sense. So it's interesting that they use inactivated COVID vaccines but then when they discuss the so-called placebo, that's what they also say. So either they're talking about a real in COVID injection as the placebo, which is just unbelievably crazy, or it's a an actual inactivated, which is how I would read that, not no spike protein kind of concept in the injection. But we'll go through it. You can decide for yourself. I think it's pretty clear how that leads, reads June 20th. Now, we'll get into what 85 is. That's one of the biggest parts for me that I think is important in all this. We've already talked about this, but I'll get into that in a second. There's an HIV overlap to this. And we've talked about this in a lot of different things. The, the overlap, and this thing is always driving me crazy. We've talked about a lot of this overlap for a long time, going back to Fauci, his history and all this. And now we see this pop back up again. I find the timing to be very strange. So here is the Lancet. Aerosolized 85 NCOV one of the first licensed mucosal respiratory vaccines. Interesting. Aimed to evaluate the study, the safety and immunogenicity of aerosolized 85 COV in healthy adults, even though they don't really. It's more so about, as we've talked about, more so about the immunogenicity, not the safety. That's always a side. And even they even say that in this very study, even though they list that in the title and then gets paraded around as safe and effective. Who had received, it basically says, Where's the other side of that? Okay, so it's saying they aim to evaluate the safety and immunogenicity of aerosolized 85 
and COV in healthy adults at least 18 years old who had received two doses of inactivated COVID-19 vaccine as their primary regimen. Now, it's very clear, guys. As primary regimen, that means they've already gotten two shots. But am I, am I crazy in thinking it's strange that they call it an inactivated COVID vaccine? I find that very odd. Let me do this. Yeah, so it's basically saying inactivated. Yeah, I mean, these are just different versions of the same shot. So what it's basically saying is that it's not a live virus discussion. You'll see why I think this is so strange. Almost intentionally confusing. So what they're saying there is that you got two doses of the vaccine, right? And now that, that and now you're going to test the new one. Now, why is that necessary? Because they're framing this as a booster. So even as they put this new stuff out, they're still saying, well, you got to go back and get these old things that have no meaning or dangerous. I have no connection to what's even going on today. Go get those two. And then you, that's just lunacy. And I'll make, I'll make this even more clear about why. Even this is being aimed at something that's currently not the focal point. It says the, pa- the patients in the immunogenicity subcohort received aerosolized 85 injection, or, uh, you know, I guess in, in inhalable, or, or um, what'd you call it? In, inhaled, I guess, inhaled injection, or inactivated vaccine. Okay, so wait a minute now. So if we're literally claiming inactivated vaccine was the primary regimen, then you're literally saying that you used a COVID-19 vaccine as the control. I can't, I mean, I, somebody please tell me if I'm wrong here because that is absolutely flooring. You're telling me that you use something that we're all seeing is crazy, rife with all sorts of side effects, and then using that to compare to the thing, I mean, that, that's guaranteed to make it at the very least look not dangerous. But it says 212 in the aerosolized 85 group and 208 in the inactivated vaccine group. It says participants in the aerosolized group had a significantly higher level of neutralizing antibodies against Omicron, BA4 and 5. Right. So the same things from the bivalent that were like 40 years past at this point. Then did those in the inactive group. Okay, so this is being paraded around as the new thing, and it's super safe and effective, and it has higher antibody reactivity for something that they are literally already moving past. Like, this is the game, and this is what's crazy. They know this. They are the ones right now, both WHO, NIH, CDC, all telling us they need to focus on the XBB, right? That's what we're being told. So you're pushing this forward as something that's being focused on BA4 and 5? Well, is it just a platform like everything else that you can just pump in new genetic code? And well, then that needs more safety testing. But nope, I actually don't even think that's what it is. I think they're going to pump this out as a BA4-5 inhalable thing and just use it anyway. This is absolutely ridiculous. And why does it take somebody like us to point this out? Guess what, though? Even B, even XBB, that's already passed as well. We keep And look, I'm not pretending I take all this face value that we know that there's even variants around or that this isn't just the flu or whatever you want to talk about. My point is that their narrative is that now we're talking about EU11. And now this is exp- it's a descendant of XBB1- XBB15. Meanwhile, they're over here making new shots for XBB. Not XBB1, not XBB15, not EU11. Oh, it's just ridiculous. And acting like that makes sense when every time that it comes out and they go, oh, now we need a new one tailored towards the new thing. 
It's almost like it's intentional just to keep this ball rolling. But here we are looking at this new dangerous thing from reasons we're about to get into even more, and it's not even aimed at the right thing in any setting. XBB is apparently the most prominent thing around right now, completely taken over BE4 and 5, if it's even real at all. But it doesn't matter. It just, it's, it just really is crazy to me. It says participants were observed at the clinic for at least 30 minutes after the vaccination for any immediate adverse reactions, and then they were instructed to keep a daily record. Great. So this went on for six months, apparently, and they just let people report their own results. Well, we live in a world right now where we've proven that people are desperately afraid to admit they're having a vaccine side effect. So don't you think that's going to play a factor? Uh-huh. And they know that, too. So just give us your reports and feel free not to include whatever you don't like. Crazy. It says the primary endpoint for safety, and this is also crazy. So we're, I guess, past the world where we pretend it's about stopping transmission or getting sick at all, right? To just going, well, our endpoints are just, you know, reducing things in general. So we can always pretend like it worked because if you don't have it reduced, well, it would have been worse. Prove it. The primary endpoint for safety was the incident of adverse reactions within 28 days after the booster immunization. That's it. The primary endpoint was just how much you were sick. Adverse reactions. Did it stop transmission? Does it stop you from getting... It's just... We're not even... You understand, we're not even talking about getting sick from the actual virus. We're just talking about the endpoint for safety was lowering at rea- the adverse reaction, which apparently are a guarantee these days. They're not, that means they're not side effects. They're just effects. The secondary endpoint for safety were adverse reactions within 30 minutes and 14 days and serious adverse, adverse, adverse events within six months, all being written down in their diaries that they probably don't report. Goes on to say 3,172 adverse reactions were reported by 1,299, 13% of the over 10,000 participants within 28 days after receiving the booster vaccination with aerosolized 85, of whom 117, 1%, reported immediate adverse reaction within 30 minutes. Well, that's a, that's a pretty big number, actually. 1% of them having immediate adverse reactions. But then it says... Uh, Then it says, and 1,296 participants, 13%, reported adverse reactions within 14 days. All of which, by the way, in most of the world they were operating in, those count as unvaccinated. Now, it doesn't say that in the study, but we see that everywhere. That if if there's a certain window, and in, in, in the new spike one we talked about, it's a month. They literally say these don't take effect until a month, which means everything that happens before then, they're going to kick down to being unvaccinated. It's not a joke. But it says adverse reactions were reported by 15 7% of the 208 participants who received the booster vaccination with inactivated vaccine. So I don't even understand how this lists out. Where is the example of people who never took the 85? Right? The the control group, because the last thing they compare it to are 208 people who did take the booster. The 85 is how they're referring it to the booster with this injection. They just casually leave out the group that took this inactivated vaccine alone and compared that to the placebo. Read it for yourself. Like, I don't understand how this stuff keeps happening as we can literally see how clearly these are being gamed. Lastly, it says, two doses of primary vaccination with prototype virus-based COVID-19 vaccines has been widely reported to be insufficient to give adequate levels of protection against infection with the Omicron variant. Got that? That's, that's the lie that we're, we're being told, safe and effective, just take it anyway. 
but they're in the study quietly at the bottom going, well, we already know the two doses of the one we're currently giving doesn't work at all. But here's the new thing. But if you listen to the news, you got to go get it. Did you listen to the NIH that just said, go get it. You need it. That's still the old one. It's amazing how we can have current research that shows that they're not working, but they tell you to get it anyway. The study shows that the, uh, oh, we just read that, Her, uh, hetero, heterologous, <laughs> that's not right, booster regimen with aerosolized 85 is safe and highly immunogenic in a large-scale population. In addition, the boost with aerosolized 85 could provide a durable and superior protection against SARS-CoV-2 Omicron variants Omicron variants over inactivated COVID vaccines during the recent outbreak. See, again, over inactivated COVID vaccines, comparable. It's just, it's so, that's, please chime in. Let me know what you think. But the bottom line is Omicron. That's what this is all tailored toward. Now, let's get into the other concerns. So just so we're clear, all of the same problems apply to this. It's the same information. It's the spike protein. It is the same conversation. This is dangerous based on all the same reasons from the other discussions. Then we've got this. Now, we talked about this in February 12, 2022. Vaccine-acquired immune deficiency syndrome, HIV inserts in SARS-CoV-2, and the aftermath. This is from Forbes 2020, I believe. 2022, excuse me. April 14, 2022. Researchers warn some COVID-19 vaccines could increase the risk of HIV infection. Remember this? This goes back to Fauci and long before COVID-19. Just to cut to the chase, if you want to get deep dive on this, we go through it in this show. But this is what they're talking about. The researchers warn of a cautionary tale from efforts to create an HIV vaccine. That's what it comes. The 85 was used in the past in regard to HIV vaccines. Fauci was involved. Where a promising vaccine candidate actually increased your risk of getting sick. It's exactly what the point we were making. This was tailored towards HIV. And it actually gave them more HIV. Guess what's happening today? The point, though, is the vaccine made use of a modified virus, sort of like what we're dealing with today. This was called AD5 as a vector to transport some of the genetic material into the body. Now, the AD5 was seen as the culprit, the problem. NIH recommended against further use of AD5 as a vector in HIV vaccines. But of course, it doesn't matter if it's used for something else. Yes, it does. This is a real thing we should be concerned about. Here, here's uh, science. Could certain COVID-19 vaccines leave people more vulnerable to the AIDS virus? Yes, is the answer. And you can read through it for yourself. It's the same conversation. 85. That's what the issue is. Now, again, I went deep on this. If you want to dive through it more, I'm just kind of giving you the overview. Use of adenovirus type 5 vectored vaccines. A cautionary tale. Okay, wait a minute. So they're not saying only with the HIV vaccine. They're simply saying the use of 85 in vaccinology is a cautionary tale in 2020. But now they're using it right now for a new COVID vaccine. It's like we pretend we don't know this stuff. It says we are writing to express concern about the use of recombinant adenovirus vectors for COVID vaccines phase one study. Right. That's, I guess it's happening again. Nobody cares. Over a decade ago, we completed these evaluations and administered in three immunizations for HIV. Both inter- international studies found an increased risk of HIV among vaccinated men. The, strep tr- the STEP trial found that men who were 85 seropositive and uncircumcised 
on entry into the trial were at elevated risk of HIV acquisition. So the bottom line is the 85 is the culprit here. Now, there's other things involved with the HIV overlap, but the point is they will become aware of what this can do. Now, it's the same conversation I was going to include today, but I decided not to in regard to polyethylene glycol. In a way, we're talking about creating anti, either PEG or 85 antibodies. Where was that over here? Oh, did I move that too? Oh, anyway, I'm not gonna try to find it now. The point is that your body then begins to kind of create a, it it causes your body to hurt itself. Now, why would they be including this in another one that goes mucosally? That's very concerning to me. Well, as this random old account, who is this guy, Doodlebug, points out, gee, I wonder what was different in the last couple of years. Don't forget this happened. This was 2022. The number of new HIV diagnoses in heterosexual people is higher than gay and bisexual men for the first time in a decade. Random. Where did that come from? Well, we went over in this study that there was a large use of these 85 vaccines in trials, as well as some that got used. And the point was that there was possibly an overlap there for what might have been causing this. Straight people are also far more likely to be diagnosed late and less likely to get tested. Well, then we had the monkeypox thing, which was oddly overlapped with the same conversation. There's clearly something going on here. Then let's talk about Luke Montagnier, who on the record made it clear that there was HIV added to what SARS-CoV-2 is. Right? The Nobel Prize winning Luke Montagnier expert who is, and this is in, it's in a, another language, so I'm just going to play it where you can show you the subtitles. But he's asked about this on the record saying, we know this is not real, or rather, artificial, that it has been manipulated by people. He's saying, the experience comes from the disease. He said, have you reached any conclusions? We have come to the conclusion that indeed there was manipulation done on the virus. What do you mean? He says, well, that apart, I'm not saying all, but there's a pattern that is obviously the classic virus and then there is a model especially coming from bats. But on this model, someone added on top of that some sequences including HIV, the virus, for AIDS. But when you say someone added, who added it? He says, I don't know. It's not natural. Is that what you mean? He says, no, it's not natural. It was a job of a professional, a job of molecular biologists. It's a very meticulous job. We can say of precision, if you look at the sequences, what purpose, he says. Purpose isn't clear. I'm exposing facts. My job here is to state the facts. That's all. Very interesting. I mean, this guy's one of the leading people was in the world. And then, of course, he died. Now, he was old, yes. But, you know, it's very suspicious how a lot of these chief spe- people speaking out about this have all weirdly died. But either way, the point is that this is something we shouldn't disregard, right? Well, let's bring this over into the final point we're making today about a great article that was put out by uh, Canelo the Great. Let's first start with this clip by Rand Ron- Paul and what he has to say. And consider how this very clearly overlaps. Now, please do not jam this into your two-party illusion perspective. Uh, do what you want, but the bottom line is we. I hope we can see this outside of the two-party illusion and realize that 
this is not just about Fauci and Hotez. This is your government in a lot of different moving parts and a lot of different angles and way working on this together. This crosses partisan lines. This crosses countries, guys. This is supranational. And we need to start recognizing that. And if we keep trying to jam this in, the square peg in the round hole, we're never going to get past this. Let's start with what he has to say, and then we'll get into the great article from Kanoa the Great. What's amazing is there's an intermingling of dollars in the U.S. government between military and civilian, and the same happens in China. But what we discovered is an investigative part of the U.S. government discovered that NIH money, money that's supposed to be going towards scientific research, goes to American universities, and then it is subcontracted to China. Some of it is then subcontracted to military research. And this, to me, is something that uh, the American media have largely um, bypassed and not recognized the importance of. Now, think about this, guys. That happened during Trump's administration. It happened before Trump's administration. It happened all the way through his administration. Now, it's still happening under Biden's. It's, this is a government concept. And if you think, I mean, that, that and, and look, it's certainly possible that it was factions of the government. But this has been ongoing. You're talking about open to somebody at some level knows that you are funding these things and then that's being directly funded to the the Chinese military. This is what people like Corbett and others in the past have talked about, that there is connection here that's just not for the average person to digest. You know, that's why information is funneled through Israel to China from the United States. There's more coordination than we want. A lot of people want to acknowledge. We can see this. And I think it goes more than it goes beyond countries. It comes down to globalists versus I, I don't not even nationalists, but just people that want to create a a power structure that's supranational versus those that don't want that. Even those that still may want to control your life, but just not that way. People that fight more sovereignty level. I mean, there's a lot of back and forth. But overall, your government has been funding directly things that end up in the hands of the Chinese military, and we know without question that the U.S. government and plenty of others and the French government were included were involved with what was going on at Wuhan. Right up until the moment this started, and yet we somehow want to pretend that this was only one side. Trump, they didn't let us know except you used their sequence from day one. I mean, there's a lot of things that make this clear if you just care to observe the actual facts. American universities are funding the Academy of Military Medical Research in China. One of the researchers is a guy named General Zhou Yusin who invents their first vaccine over there, didn't work very well, who then also mysteriously dies two months after he invents the vaccine. Now, that uses the same sequence that was sent to the United States that's still the basis for Moderna and Pfizer right now. I'll show you that in a minute. The same one. same That one came out in February. It's the same sequence from from January. right? So there's a connection there for what, they, what they've all continued to use. How do, you, how do we miss that? And there have been unclassified documents from the House of Representatives over here that have revealed that it looks like he was working on a vaccine and all likelihood he's working on a vaccine by using a live virus that perhaps was created by either Ben Hu or by uh, Dr. Xi or by in collaboration with all of them. And the United States government and the rest of them involved. Yes. Like, you know, this is my point is I know Rand Paul has seen enough to understand that. Maybe he just thinks that it's not in the best interest of the United States. Either way, he's being dishonest, I would argue, by not making it very clear that it was not just China that was there. At that moment, there were personnel from the United States that were there. When the CDC went there to investigate there, or excuse me, when the WHO went there to investigate, there was predominantly U.S. personnel. And yet they didn't let us know. 
It was your people, guys. I mean, this is easily provable. And that in all likelihood, what happened is by creating a virus that can infect humans well, they had to insert special cleavage sites, the furin cleavage site, to make it infect humans. But then their goal was actually a noble one. They were going to create a vaccine to try to save people from getting sick from this. Well, yeah, you just lost a lot of clout, clout right there. But that was the stupidest statement I've ever heard. Are you really towing the line, Rand Paul, that you it, it has any logic to create a completely new dangerous thing to only make a vaccine for it? That's called making a weapon and an antidote. That's all that is. There's nothing about that that's noble or somehow that's gain of function. Of all people, Rand Paul has been actively making a statement about gain of function, and he literally just said that it was a noble cause to do gain of function. We, I mean, nope, you shouldn't be confused about that. That's crazy to me. To make a, a completely one in a billion possibility things, you add the cleavage site, makes this infect humans. It doesn't, it arguably doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. And even if it does, how is it the, the one in a trillion possibility that's exactly the same manipulation? Probably even more than that. The idea is that that only becomes a problem if it's used or gets out. Hey, then we got a vaccine for it. How about you don't do it in the first place? And then are we really going to pretend it's a noble cause? I mean, come on, guys. I mean, with everything that's happened, either way, the point is that somehow that got out. That's the insinuation and that is the problem. Why would he in any way try to undermine or, you know, belittle the, the, the accountability? That's just very strange. From what he's already been saying, it seems very strange to me. But then inadvertently someone got sick. You just raised the military scientist, Zhu Yusen, who filed the patent for the first COVID vaccine. I first broke that story more than two years ago, that he, that he did that, that he filed the patent for the vaccine and then died in mysterious circumstances. Have you heard what happened to him? This is something we still don't know. You know, we've made inquiries, and I don't think we have anything to add probably to what you've reported in, you know, your book, What Really Happened in Wuhan. Look, if the Republicans... And that, that's it's obviously cut, by the way. That just It was really just the original part I wanted to show you, but this is edited. ...do get back into the White House come the next presidential election. What will you do to try and get to the bottom of how the pandemic started definitively? You know, I think there needs to be a, a special investigation of this where you have someone, this is all they do, uh, a smart person who can organize scientists and researchers. And it's amazing to me that we haven't done any of it. We're three years in, about a million Americans died. People estimate between seven to 20 million people worldwide died. And we've not had one full committee hearing on the origins of virus. Not so one full committee hearing. Now, it's beginning to happen in the House because the Republicans control the House and they are interested in this. There is a COVID select committee that is looking into all of this. We're working in conjunction with them. Are they? Is it everything? Or are they only looking at people on the left or, or certain people that are involved? I mean, I just, I highly doubt this is ever going to be anything that's disconnected from the two-party illusion. But the bottom line is, think about how crazy it is from either side. This is ha three years? But how about get ready for a 9-11 commission in the same way, guys? Because if you believe that you're going to have one side of the government exposing the other side of the government, not individuals, but the government, it's, I just, it's the most naive thing I could possibly imagine. Like, just realize people get called out as individuals. That happens all the time, usually because they're dangerous for the agenda or the government's perception. But to do it like as if suddenly the entire left is going to be exposed or the, or the right gets exposed as the Nazi. I mean, that's just it's childish. It's just not going to happen. 
I, I just don't know why we can't see that, but the game goes on and on and on. But okay, so here he is making this argument about how <laughs> I guess that it's only Wuhan, right? But the pot, the bottom line that this was something that was created, and then the insinuation that gets overlaps with his article here is that there's evidence both that Fauci and Hotez were involved with that, but that they suggest that they were working on this before COVID was announced. That's what I think is so interesting about this. But June 23rd, 2023. And I also like how he includes all of these links and source material you can look at for yourself. But he says, in a groundbreaking revelation has come to light that Dr. Peter Hotez, an esteemed vaccine researcher, has been entangled in a web of funding, collaboration, and research with Chinese military scientists potentially involved in the development of COVID-19. The intricate tale weaves together a key Chinese military virologist and culminates in the smoking gun evidence surrounding COVID-19's notorious Furin cleavage site. At the center of this narrative lies Dr. Hotez, a distinguished, which again, I disagree with both the framing of him, professor, I mean, I guess the perception from his circles, that's correct, at Baylor College of Medicine, who secured a substantial research grant, R01AI098775, from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, led by Dr. Fauci. This grant, amounting to over $1 million per year, supports Dr. Hotez's project titled RBD, recombinant protein-based SARS vaccine for biodefense, with Dr. Shibo Jiang listed as the principal investigator. Now, you can check, and this is interesting, by the way. We just, I told you earlier, we had a great discussion today, which probably will come out next week, uh, on Charles Lieber and all the information therein. Let's not forget that he was arrested for not divulging that he made money through the Thousand Talents program from China. So here you can show that Dr. Fauci and Dr. Hotez were literally working with the very people that were illegally apparently paying Lieber to work on things that I can promise you are overlapped with what we're dealing with here. The nanotechnology, the virus-sized transistors, the biosurveillance, all of it is included in something that's happening here. I mean, there's, I, I, I can prove to you ways that it is. What I'm saying is directly in whatever this is. The, the origin of what this virus is, if it's even there, or what they then use to create the injections. All of it's overlapped. But just realize that here's a tangible connection between the very people they're working with in this shadowy effort to create something or not, who's supposed to be the guy that, or it, grouping that was funding illegally Charles Lieber, who was apparently charged, but time served. <laughs> no, no criminal. I mean, it's just, it's kind of mind-blowing. I think it shows you that there's a bigger agenda around all of this. It says, despite his collaboration with the Chinese military, he received research grants totaling over $20 million from Dr. Fauci and NIAID between 1997 and 2016. Professor Jiang, a member of China's renowned Thousand Talents Plan. Dr. Yusin filed the world's first patent application for COVID-19 vaccine in China on February 24th, 2020, just a month after the country acknowledged human-to-human transmission. Right. February 24, 2020, right? We know that in January 11th, Chinese authorities shared their sequence with the U.S. government. By January 13th, they already had made mRNA-1273 sequence. That's it. It never changed from that. So two days in, and we know as we've proven over and over that they, they admitted on the record that they hadn't isolated it when they put this out. And why has the data not been shared? No, they didn't isolate as a virus. That's the issue. As I say every time, of course, you could argue they went on to do so. I disagree. Either way, on the record, the Chinese CDC admitted when they did this, they hadn't isolated it. We have the Moderna video 
where they tell you this. Entering this, this golden era where, uh, you know, biology is going through its own digital transformation. We have more and more tools that digitize aspects of biology. So uh, at Illumina, for example, we make the machines that do genomic sequencing. So you put in blood or saliva or plant material, and we'll tell you uh, the <coughs> DNA or the RNA in that sample. And there are a whole set of use cases uh, after you digitize, you know, the, the data. And I'll give you a couple. Uh, one was during COVID. So we were called into China in the fall of 2020, late 2020, uh, sorry, 2019, to help them diagnose what was then a flu of unknown origin. And so we did the first sequence of the SARS-CoV-2 genome. That was published on January 10th. And around the world, what happened was uh, a couple of companies, so Moderna in Cambridge and, and BioNTech in, in Germany, took that data and started working on their vaccine. Now, what's interesting is that Mandera, for example, has never had the live virus on their site. Never. It was all a software problem from them. I remember talking to Stefan, and he was saying, look, we're basing our entire vaccine program on that data you published. The sequence. It better be good data. On a computer screen. That's all we're using. And, uh, and you can get a sense that Moderna is one of, arguably you know, one of the most, uh, you know, uh, one of the more important companies in biology right now, and yet it's all a software problem for them. And so that's a use case of once you digitize biology, you can solve profound biological problems. Another it's a good example, thing you got it right. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the point clearly is that it, what, the point I make every time, if they've never had it, that means they never needed it. That's pretty damn clear. Now, you should at the very least argue that they, at some point, should have confirmed that it was correct, right? Not just take their word for it. Of course, the point is they never needed it. It was always genetic sequence. So back to the point, we're talking about the idea that this individual who later mysteriously killed was killed by falling off a roof, who was the creator of the very first injection, used the very first sequence that then became the first injection on February 24th, that was the same information that was sent to the United States. Then Trump said, they never let us know, except they quite literally let you know because you were there, and then you used their sequence for all the injections. By March 16th, they had already injected people. It's kind of crazy. So the point is that there's more overlap than people like to admit, that the Chinese and the United States were working together in a lot of obvious ways, including with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and that the sequence was used going forward. And the question becomes, was there ever anything actually happening? The discovery raises suspicions that the Chinese military may have been working on a vaccine even before the officially notifying the WHO about the outbreak which would mean that the U.S. government was involved with that. And by the way, take the time to look at all the source material. It's a really great article. It just says, interestingly, concerns surrounding the origins of COVID-19 virus intensify when examining the furin cleavage site. Which again, we've talked about the, the overlap with Luc Montagnier and all the other information. It's very, very clear that if this information is correct, that this is not of natural origin. Further compounding the intrigue, Dr. David Baltimore, a renowned U.S. virologist and co-discoverer of reverse transcriptase, expresses his belief that the furin cleavage indicates a laboratory origin for the virus. We, you all familiar with this. He stated, quote, when I first saw the furin cleavage site in the viral sequence with its arginine codons, I said to my wife it was the smoking gun for the origin of the virus. Of additional concern is Professor Jiang's expertise in inserting fear and cleavage sites into coronaviruses, because that's literally what they have expertise in they've already been doing before. As he lists, the, the untimely death of Dr. Yu Sun, who fell from the roof of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which makes no sense, within three months of filing the patent, which again, patent for the very sequence that was then sent to the United States, 
further fuels suspicion surrounding the origins. Remarkably, the U.S. Senate report reveals that the data re- referenced in Dr. Yusin's patent could not have been generated as quickly as claimed, suggesting that he and his team may have started developing this COVID injection as early as November 2019. Let's not forget that we have examples of this long before it came to China. The arguments that we saw, the examples of other countries, Canada, Japan, Taiwan, all telling you they have examples of this before it was supposed to show up in China. But nobody cares about that, because why? Narrative, that's all that matters. It's obvious that the U.S. government is involved with what's going on here. At least five publications funded by Dr. Fauci and Dr. Hotez grant, grant list. So that's there, there's the funding directly from the U.S. government. But of course, it's only Fauci and Hotez. It's a very clumsy way to frame this. Everybody was involved. Like, here's what's interesting is if this happens under Biden's administration, it's Biden for sure. But under Trump's, then no, it's Fauci of his own accord. Well, that's quite the self-serving assumption. I think it's quite obvious that they were all involved. These findings raise concern that the connections between Fauci, Hotez, Jiang, Dr. Du, Dr. Yusen, and the Chinese military scientists essentially involve the origin of COVID-19. And again, I love that they're listing, they have the images, but there's also the links to all these studies. You can read them for yourself. During a February 2021 interview, Hotez discussed their collaboration, stating, quote, about 10 years ago, we got approached by a group at the New York Blood Center led by Shibo Jiang and Laying Du, that had a pretty good idea for a coronavirus vaccine. Now, understand, they've been working on these, they said, long before we got here. Not that we shouldn't be suspicious about that. Notably, and this is what I think is most important, in 2013, Professor Shi Jiang, along with his Chinese military colleagues at the first military medical university, demonstrated the artificial insertion of a furin cleavage site, similar to the one presented in the COVID-19 virus, which received funding from the Chinese government while Professor Jiang and Dr. Du also separately received funding from literally Dr. Fauci and Dr. Hotez. So they funded, in, in 2013, the same furin cleavage site that increases the risk of human infection in the previous version, and we're not supposed to act like this. I mean, with the admission of something saying, this is a smoking gun, this is how we can prove this, we've got Dr. Luke Montagnier, Fauci and Hotez directly involved, and yet we get to this point, we go, nope, fake news. A study published by Dr. Shibo Jiang, Dr. Lei uh, Ying Du, Dr. Shi Zhang Li, how you're all familiar with, and Dr. Ralph Barrick, an American scientist considered a pioneer of gain-of-function research on coronaviruses, demonstrated the introduction of a human protease, protease cleavage site into the spike protein of coronaviruses, enabling cross-species transmission in humans. Notably, this aligns precisely with the furin cleavage site found in the S1-S2 junction of SARS-CoV-2. This was 2015. I mean, now we got Ralph Barrick overlap with the same research? Yeah. It's very obvious that there's something going on here. While Dr. Hotez Kanoa writes, criticizes congressional hearings on the origins of COVID-19, stating that they are, quote, inviting fringe elements to testify and promote outlandish conspiracy theories. Sounds like what they're doing with you guys. <laughs> Even warning that inter- investigation will, quote, undermine the fabric of science in America. Wow. Talk about the hubris. It is crucial to examine the mounting connections between Hotez and Fauci and the rest of these doctors and the Chinese military scientists and the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the suspicious fear and cleavage site. This evidence demands a thorough investigation, which probably will never happen, to uncover the truth about the origins of COVID-19 virus, a truth that holds profound implications for people worldwide. Now, that's mostly what this, most of the article, but check it out. Make sure you go through the actual source material. It's important. But here, this is just one of these studies discussing the furin cleavage site, how it's key 
two SARS-CoV-2. I think that was it in here. I'll make sure I missed something. Yeah. And, you know, the bottom line is how obvious this is that this there's, uh, you know, this was the overlap too with Charles, the Charles Lieber connection from nanotechnology to COVID-19 to technocracy, the overlap of all of the work that they did that completely lines up with what this all is. Ties, I mean, everything overlaps. And none of that is necessarily proof that this was designed, except for none of what I just said anyway. What, uh, what we went over today, I would argue is the fear and cleavage site, the HIV overlap, all of these different things you can argue are actual proof that this was manipulated. Now, who did it? Well, that's another conversation. But when we start to see the receipts follow the money and realize that the very people paying and working on the very same things that happened before this ever started are all the same people with the, the leading roles of the manipulation, it's not hard to see what's happening. Now, that's an assumptive point, but backed up by the evidence. My point, though, is that in this world we live in, that never gets investigated because there's far more going on than left versus right. But we need to see that we're being manipulated on a very massive scale. Here is a, article, a, research, a show I did on August 2022. U.S. funded research, this is in the 90s going into the 2000s, on literally coronavirus-induced myocarditis. It's just amazing the stuff that you can very clearly prove, and then when you piece it all together, it's near impossible to not see what happened. Now we're going to finish with Fauci here. As Kevin Bass points out, Fauci and Collins, the two most powerful people at the NIH, repeatedly lied, including to Congress, and denied that NIH funded gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology which we all know. The NIH and NIAID did not fund gain-of-function research to be conducted at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Do we know whether the Wuhan Institute of Virology does gain-of-function research? They were not approved by NIH uh, for doing gain-of-function research. That's Collins. I mean, this is how stupid this is. What they're showing is an email that we all you can all have access to, Peter Daszak, literally, that's of uh, Equal Alliance, saying, this is terrific. We are very happy to hear that our gain-of-function research funding pause has been lifted. That's 2016. In 2014, it was supposed to be illegal. Offshore, you know, sh- offshore, to, you know, the point is it never stopped. Now they call it EPPP research. But think about the hubris and the dishonesty it takes to quite blatantly state the exact opposite in front of Congress. At the Wuhan Institute and NIAID, the NIH and NIAID did not fund gain-of-function research to be conducted at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That's pathetic. That is somebody who's acting with impunity, guys. The NIH and NIAID did not fund gain-of-function research to be conducted at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Do we know whether the Wuhan Institute... Well, I'll leave it there, guys. This is just very sad how obvious this is, how aggressively dishonest. But the point is that we're better than they are. As, as a society... They're so desperately trying to drag, and I mean we as, as society, as Americans, as the world, as the populations of these countries, your governments seem to be aggressively trying to drag you in to, to make you like them, essentially, right? But the reason, as we've made many times over the year, the, the point is that they always try to convince you that they're good people. 
right? They want to convince you we're fighting for freedom. We're fighting for equality and, and sovereignty. Why? Because they know that you want good. So don't forget that. Despite what happens and what they shove down your throat, they know that you're good. Inherently, all of us want good and that they are the people that are trying to create a world that suits their interests. Just question it all, guys. It's, it's very important. It's not very hard, really. If you just have the courage to question what you're being set, given at all stages, be open to everything, but question all of it. And do your own due diligence. It's never been more important. Thank you for being here today. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. From the president's office in the White House in Washington, D.C., we present an address by the president of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower. In holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific, technological elite.